Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, 15 Alive, the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. I'm your host, Tito, and we're going to jump into this. Now, this is something that was pre-recorded a couple of weeks ago. I was going to cut it down and kind of put it out there in segments, but I've been posting the segments on YouTube and I've been getting some feedback where people want to just be able to listen to this in its entirety. So this is going to be the longest podcast I've ever put out. <laughs> uh, this is really kind of raw and uncut. Um, I scripted some questions. I got a panel of four lifers. Um, between the five of us, we had over 100 years of incarceration between the five of us. So, um, most being 35 years and the least being what I did, which was 12 years. So this podcast, um, is long, so enjoy it and listen to it, um, over time. Uh, like I said, there's five of us in total. So you're getting different perspectives. We, uh, you will hear, we have differing views on some items, right? Um, but I thought it was important to get, um, some some different perspectives basically on how to deal with time inside um how we made it through right um some simple issues um dealing with the stigma of being an ex-felon upon release uh dealing with being a lifer uh doing you know um up to 35 years right um, and, and then dealing with things and technology and everything else upon being out. Um, I tried to have some fun at the end and we did some, some speed rounds of basically having a couple options and you got to pick one or the other. Um, and then of course I let the men explain why they picked one or the other, but, um, I definitely think there's some things that, um, people will learn. Uh, we're also being very frank, very candid. Obviously, we knew each other inside, so um, you'll you'll hear the camaraderie. Um, also, John um, Salas, who's on here, he was actually my bunkie. Um, he was my celly on the uh, level three on the maximum security side um, for a few years. And then we were, we basically were incarcerated for 10 years together. So we know each other well. Key, we worked together and, and we knew each other, stayed in touch after I got out until he got out. Um, Moose, um, he was another homie. So those three guys, we were all in the same group. So you'll hear a little bit more camaraderie. And then Bruce, um, he's a white guy, but good solid dude you know so um anyway hope you enjoy if you have any questions comments suggestions about another one we're gonna try and do some more of these round tables um just to kind of get some awareness out there and to let people know that um not all ex-felons are bad and um a lot of us really have some stories and we're trying to do good and we're also trying to look out for one another so without further ado 
we're going to go ahead and jump into this. Enjoy the next two hours. And uh, one last thing. Um, this was a Zoom call. And um, there are excerpts from this um, Zoom call slash podcast that are available on the YouTube page. So if you look up 15 to Life, um, it, it, you'll see the same um, graphics and logo. You can go ahead and watch um, the excerpts, the small clips uh, from this, along with some other clips. All right. And of course, on Instagram as well, 15 Alive, Facebook fan page, 15 Alive. All right, let's get into it. What's up, fool? Hey, what's up, Tio? <laughs> it's like, how are you liking it, Indiana? You know what? It's uh, it's slow motion, man. It, it, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's, I don't know, man. It's like going from California to Houston and then now here. Yeah. I just like that it's laid back, man. It's like, man, I hear you. It's, I, see, I see the trip. Is it a trip? <laughs> you made a plaque on the trip about the trip. Uh, oh, someone that worked over at the Goodwill in uh, Houston didn't even yeah. work directly for me or nothing, but one of my going away things, she was like, mm -hmm. my kids made you this. I was like, what? I was like, oh, that's going up in my office. I came over here to work because my daughter is running around making noise. I was like, let me run to the office, man. So <laughs> quiet. What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's like, man, I'm happy you put a uh, developed platform for this, man, because there's some shit that needs to be heard, man. Uh, you know, uh, I've been wanting to do it for a while, and I've been doing my podcast, but yeah, yeah, man, I, I keep saying, like, oh, man, I'm going to get someone on. I'm going to get someone on. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just put that crap out there. <laughs> Whoever wants to jump on, like, get a conversation going because people don't get it, man. They they act like, uh, like I was telling someone I even did a podcast on PTSD, and I was like, people don't get, like, that ain't just military. That's ex-felons. That's yeah. police officers. That's victims of crime that's like there's so many different people that go through mental issues and we're out here trying to get our our life back together trying to get accepted and yeah. you know there's triggers for us too and and oh yeah yeah i have the ptsd you know i mean like no seriously i i am seeing a therapist because <laughs> I, there's I some to. shit that freaks me out for no good reason yeah hey man it it like when I first got out, it took me a while before I was comfortable going places and stuff. Like, I, I, I never forget. I was amazed just watching people walking around, looking at their phone. I was like, "Damn, how are you just gonna walk around and not not know what's going on?" Yeah, like, it's like, man, people are like not looking around. You know, it's like you're so comfortable. You walking down the, you crossing the street, not even looking. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know people could run you over, not let alone acts of violence, just run you over. And you're so certain that you are safe. And that was, I mean, that, that, that was a big issue for me too. I mean, like, cause I, I was trying to tell somebody, it's like, I see these yellow lines and it's perfectly normal to you. <laughs> I'm freaking out over it. I'm hesitating. I mean, uh, look, my wife will testify. says, I wasn't jaywalking. Like I was scared to jaywalk. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and these are things that um that are real that people that have been incarcerated has to deal with, and but there's no resources or help for it. 
no. You know what I mean? There's nothing. Nobody care, man. I mean, even working in nonprofit and and being around a bunch of other people that either maybe have been in jail or maybe addiction or whatever, maybe homelessness, so they got their own issues going on. People just don't get it. And, and I mean, I'm an executive now, but like, I, I, they wouldn't give me this job for so many years because of my background. And I'm like, that's what this business is all about. Really? And, and how, how are we going to sit here and say, we're doing something for these people? I'm one mm-hmm. of them, but you, you only let me get so high. Right. Yeah. And I got more education than most of the executives that I work with, you know? So it's. You got your master's, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm going to get my, my doctorate now, but you know, I'm like, does it matter? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, and you get to a point, the doctorate's just for like bragging rights, you know what I mean? Right? It's like, yeah, I mean, even I, I tell people right now, the, the the two degrees I got, they're pieces of paper, man. They they yeah. they don't do anything for me except for I get to say I, I got a master's degree. Big deal, man. <laughs> I mean, one of the issues that I have, and because I have a lot of friends and stuff and I read, I see a lot of social media and stuff like that. And uh, I get it. They, I mean, they, they sincerely, you know, feel that there's a need to help people. But one of the things that people that haven't been incarcerated for a long time won't understand is the actual need of the person, you know, cause one of the things that like, you, you know, I mean, we don't like asking nobody for help. Nope. <laughs> you know, it's uh-huh. like, nobody, even if we desperately need help. We're not asking, and they're not asking the right questions to actually get people to say, like, "Look, I need some help." Right. You know, it's like, like, 100%. I mean, because, um, <laughs> you know, and and that's a problem. I mean, I see goodwill do, does good work, you know, but it's a it's so broad. Yep. You know what I mean? It, yep. it, it's so broad that uh, it's it it really can't help that individual that has special needs. You know, like certain needs that has to be direct directly at them. Yeah. yeah, but I get it. I mean, it's like, you know, how do you do that? And uh, I think it takes somebody to be like, um, I was talking to somebody, a uh, buddy of mine, Darius, uh, he wants to start his own thing. And I was like, you know, uh, yeah. Cause you know, he, he, he was a lifer. I mean, it's like, you right. understand him, uh, you know, it's like, well, people that didn't have life don't understand that hopelessness, you know, you can't take that away. Once it's, 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 I'm like, I said, I mean, it's like getting a, you know, a AIDS. Once you got it, you got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, I, I remember when I first got convicted and I, my first five years being a lifer, I was like, I was like, this is just home. I, I, I ain't going nowhere. Like I'm, I'm just gonna make the right? best out of it, right? Because yeah. all I, all I saw was examples of no matter how good you do, you ain't gonna get a date. So screw yeah. it. And then when my conviction got overturned. I don't, I didn't really believe it, man. I, it really, you know, and, and I'm like, even now that I got a date, I was like, am I, are they going to let me out? Like, yeah. yeah. And they changed my release date like five, six different times. And I was just like, man, it, if they come get me, they come get me, man. I, I'm, I'm not even thinking about it that way, but it was weird, man. It was, I, I don't know. I, I'll never forget over on one yard, people were, literally getting on me as a as a new lifer on the yard and they were like why are you walking around all happy and i'm like man this is way better than county jail and saying mm-hmm. like i'm just happy I, I can i can get some 
a TV and a radio <laughs> and like I get a job and get out to yeah. yard. Like I'm happy, man. Uh-huh. But and then people got on me because I was I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm head back to the house, man. That ain't your house. This prison, I'm like, homie, I don't know about you, but I ain't going, this is home. Like, it's a wrap for me. Like, I, I need to make the best. Like, I'm trying to have my mind okay. <laughs> like, and it wasn't until I went to the hole, man, that, that I really came to grips with, I'm just going to make the best no matter what. And I don't care if they take everything from me, strip me down on my boxers. Like, uh, give me a book or a piece of paper and a pencil. I'll draw, man. I'm gonna figure it out, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, as much as I hated going to the hole, I'm I'm glad I went. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like I remember clearly um, when I first when I first landed on yard, I was in it now. When I got I was like, it took me like close to a year to to come out the insanity, except the fact that this is it. You know. And then, you know, the acceptance, this is it. <laughs> this is my life. What am I going to do with it? You know, and honestly, I'm sad. It saddens me to say that I was so productive. I was more productive when I was locked up than I am now. See, but, <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you, right? So I was going into San Quentin and speaking like two, three times a year, right? That was one of the last speeches I gave in there, you know, like a commencement speech for guys that had just finished a program they were about to get out. <clears throat> and and the more I thought about it and everything, what's up, Kevin? You know, I was like, I was like, you know what, man? I was like, I, I got to be real with y'all, man. I got to be real with y'all. Like, I've done time with some of you guys, and I, I, I'm really hopeful that you lifers are really going to get out. But uh, I got to be real, man. Uh, it's better in here. And everyone was like, what? And I'm like, man, y'all ain't got no rent. Yeah. You got to worry about no one cutting your lights off. Worst case scenario, I know the medical, you think it sucks. Man, it sucks it's out awesome. here, man. I'm like, man, you got dental. You got like worst case scenario, they will freaking drop a helicopter on the yard. You ain't getting that out here. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're I'm, lucky. <laughs> right? And, and yeah. people are like, what? And I'm like, I'm being serious. I go, here's the other thing you guys have an opportunity inside to be so focused. There are so many damn distractions out here, whether it be women, yeah. whether it be video games, cell phones, movies, yep. people trying to tell you that you need to go out and live your life. Yeah. And you really need to stay focused because that's yep. what's going to keep you clean, out of prison, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And people are just like, damn, I, I would have never thought that's what you'd be talking about. And I'm like, you know what? The more I come in here, the more I realize – I don't want you guys to think it's just going to be easy. It's a cakewalk when you have it's harder. It's hard. It's harder. <laughs> it, it's hard. There, I mean, it it is too much chaos and too much distractions out here. Yeah. You know, because it's it's so accessible. You know, when you're in there, I I had this talk with my wife, right? About I worked for a month. I got eight cents an hour. They took 55% for restitution. <laughs> I could not afford toothpaste and soap on the same draw. Nope. <laughs> you know, it's like I had to be focused. I had to make a decision, committed. I'm buying toothpaste this month. <laughs> now, being able to walk into that store and just walk around, pick off whatever you want, that's a huge distraction. Yep. And it really affects your, I mean, your uh, economics, like how much money you have because 
it's so easy to just pull off whatever you want says hey i'm making money it's okay instead of counting that cent that every cent counts you know and i think that's one of the things that we lose out here that we think we're making money but it's nothing it ain't. you know and it's like cuz let me put it this way i keep telling people prison had great medical nobody believes me i said look one year it, uh, it, it, it took me into bankruptcy. I mean, I, I, I owe, I'm in so much debt because of it. I made just enough money where I wouldn't get any help for my health insurance, right? But I didn't make enough to pay for it. I was paying $1,400 a month for health insurance. Miss you think $5 that $5 co-pay co on the is MTA, bad? Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take that $5. I owe you. You know, it's like their copay is vicious. Dealing with Kaiser, if you can't, you need a procedure, and the copay was three thousand dollars. If you don't come up with three thousand dollars, it ain't getting done. For real, bro. For real. You man. know, was that Johnny Boy? <laughs> is he with us? Okay. Yeah, he's he on that Philippine uh, freaking. Uh, oh yeah, Philippine Nailed it. The snail net. He got the high speed out there. <laughs> so what's up? I don't, what's up, y'all? I don't think uh, I don't know if Key's gonna jump on or not. He might, but we we might as well, you know, get into it. You know, uh, first off, thank y'all for jumping on. Uh, I hope they're the first of many of these kind of roundtables. Um, just this is gonna go out on my podcast. I'll probably cut it up a little bit to make it sound a little bit better, but. I'll be putting it out on the 15 to Life YouTube channel. I'll dump it on Good, Bad, the Ugly and everywhere else too. But yeah, um, yeah man, the the reality is, is and, you know, just, just what we were just talking about, like um, that was something I talked to. <laughs> What's funny is someone, a senior director that reports directly to me, I was telling him about restitution when I told him how it went up to 55%. He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, bro. And he's an ex-cop, right? So he's like, hold <laughs> up. So the dudes I was locking up, I'm like, well, this is Indiana. I don't know how it is out here. But in California, yeah, man, you send me 100 bucks, I'm getting $45 of that, man. He's yeah. like, what? And I go, but then someone like me who had no restitution, I could make money because I charge 20%. You send your money to me, I'm making money, and you get yours for less. Yeah. He was like, man, that's crazy. And I go, yeah, but the system sets it up like that, like yes. straight up, you know? So anyway, um, I shot y'all this agenda. I'm just going to kind of read off questions. We're going to go around because um, I'm sure there's going to be some people. I, it's a trip on my podcast. I look, I got like 43 different countries that chime in every once in a while, like all over the world. It's a trip even thinking someone listens to my dumbass talk, but anyway, um, so they'll be hearing y'all too. Um, so we're going we gonna to open this up. What I'm going to do is like, we'll just, I don't, I don't know if y'all see each other the same way. We'll go Johnny Bruce and go around, but, but y'all just kind of, you know, give up your name, where you did time, how much time you did. And then, uh, of course, if you got a nickname on the yard, you know, so so everyone knows that. So, Johnny, you want to kick it off? I oh, and what, what you were in for, what you were in for. Okay. Hi. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hey, everybody, my name is John, and uh, I was actually incarcerated in High Desert. Finished it off in Solano. Started in GBI, uh, Tracy uh, in reception. 
and my crime that I was charged with was initially first-degree murder, but I was actually uh, tried and convicted for second-degree murder, uh, 15 to life, and one-year gun enhancement uh, for a total of 16 years uh, to life. And you go by Johnny Girl, I mean Johnny Boy, Johnny Boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that's funny. Uh, AKA on the yard, my handle on the yard was Johnny Boy. Johnny. Or a pop-up Johnny. Pop-up pop Johnny. Johnny. That's that's what it really was. <laughs> pop-up Johnny. Kim? Um, okay. Um, I have the list of answers here. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I got so many things going on at the same time. Um, okay. okay. My name is Kevin Bruce. Uh, I was... Uh, Sentenced to 15 to life for a second degree murder. Uh, and I s spent 35 years incarcerated. Uh, started off in DBI also, Vocational Institute. Um, made it to Folsom twice, New Folsom once, uh, Mule Creek State Prison, and Solano twice. And I paroled from Solano. Sweet. Hey, I'm Moose. Oh, oh, you done, Bruce? I think. <laughs> <laughs> that haircut's making me scared. <laughs> I'm saying. Man, I want to walk you But it's losing power. You see, it's starting to lose. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's getting more of the Bob big, Bob's big boy look. There you go. Man, I, yeah. I, I need that Dapper Dan, man. It's like, it's only then I'm cured of Yeah, you do good, man. Dapper Dan. Okay, yeah, I'm Moose. Yeah, and, um, at 17, I was charged as an adult for second-degree murder. Uh, they was trying to give me 45 to life with the gang enhancement and everything. I took the plea for second-degree murder. And uh, I started my time in High Desert. Then I went to uh, Susanville, Old Folsom, Avenal, Chickawawa, finally Solano, and that's where I paroled. And uh, I did roughly over 18 years before they finally um, found me suitable. But, I mean, it didn't stop there because then I had to deal with immigration because ICE came and got me. And that's, I think that's one of the, uh, the biggest uh, problems that I'm dealing with right now. Ice. Hello. <laughs> I was in ICE, um, shoot, all the way to August. So, like, about three months. Three months. Yeah. Johnny, what, you were there three years? Three years. Well, Johnny three was fighting. Yeah, Johnny yeah, was fighting. <laughs> and, and what, 22 <laughs> is 22 what you did uh, in prison, right? Who? You. No, about nine, about nineteen years, uh, nineteen years in jail and prison, and I was three years exactly on um, in immigration. Yeah. So, so crazy stuff. Me, me. I, I, I guess I was lucky with my second degree murder. I went straight San Quentin to Solano with forty one points. So I just missed level four and. <laughs> Did 10 years at Solano and got my little plea agreement, got my sentence overturned five years into it when I was selling with this fool. And uh, <laughs> I'll never forget that, man. We were on lockdown for the white boy escape attempt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the white boy escape attempt in our building. And uh, I, I forgot all about my, my, my case being in the appeal court and they brought me legal mail. I'm not even thinking, we all like, we were getting off lockdown. <laughs> that envelope and I'm like man what the hell is this and I pull it out this pulls up on the top bunk and he's like what and I'm like 
I pulled it out in the middle of the letter was in bold black. It said, your second degree murder conviction has been overturned. All I remember is I looked at it and I put it back in the envelope and I was like, and he's like, what? And I'm like, hold on, hold on. I think I read it wrong. Hold on. <laughs> I pulled it back out. I was like, son of a bitch. He's like, what? And I show him and we're all yelling and screaming on lockdown. Couldn't even call nobody, do nothing. <laughs> it's good, but I was like, damn, we're on lockdown. Unbelievable, huh? That was crazy. Just, you just, crazy. just couldn't believe it. Blessing, but you know, crazy. So, um, how much time we got out now, it's Johnny? How, how long have you yeah. been out of immigration back on Philippines? <laughs> What'd you have like a yeah, year? Uh, a year out here ish? Not even. Not even no, that. So, um, when I, when I was in immigration, I was fighting. Uh, there's a law where after six months, if you have an aggravated felony, murder being an aggravated felony, uh, you can uh, you can ask for a. It's called a a bond hearing not bail him bond hearing and um they 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 didn't want to cut me loose they kept denying it even though i had so many supporting documents to say that i should have i should be out on bond uh fought it habeas corpus on my own i actually won the government refused to let me go they were pretty mad because i fought the government on my own the feds uh, specifically i was able to um have a noop and asian law caucus uh, step up on my behalf and uh, compel the uh, judge to order them to uh, uh, actually cut me loose, which they did. I was actually in Alabama at the time. And then um, after that, I had to check in uh, uh, weekly, uh, house arrest on Monday, uh, an ankle monitor. And I was actually out for seven months while my case was pending in the uh, Ninth Circuit and lost that, went to uh, US Supreme Court, lost that, had to check in seven months later, never checked out. The only thing I checked in was my luggage in the airport because they deported me. so they gave me a taste of freedom right and then the hardest thing to be honest was after after 23 years and then getting out for seven months and then they're telling you we're going to take you back into custody man i was like that was the hardest thing i ever had to do in my life you know i tell that story to so many people man and they, they don't believe it because people don't get that that happens and i always tell them like this i go look man that whether he's my friend or not as a tax paying citizen now who has paid a shit ton of money into taxes i hate to think that i'm paying to house someone in prison that they're just going to deport in 20 years anyway deport his ass now why why do i have to pay to house someone and medical bills and everything else if you're just going to deport him when he gets out that don't make no damn sense you know so, you know, and people are like, no, that didn't happen. I'm like, man, if you want, I'll call him up right now. He can tell you, you said, like, <laughs> I'm like, it's crazy. So, yeah, man, crazy. So how, how long you been out since even from ICE? How long you been out total? Total from ICE the, the second time around? Yeah. Like, how long have you been free, free, uh, not in ICE? <laughs> free, free? Yeah. Oh, with no, with no check-ins or nothing since um june 2018 18 so, so july august september about 24 27 months 27 months now okay. with no check-ins no no ankle monitor no mm-hmm. nothing bruce bruce how long you been out um about a month, month. less than him about a month less than him <laughs> two All years right. Two years, two months, and twenty days. 
No, I count them like you inside. I count them like every day, man. That's right. Hours. Have you- <laughs> yeah. I've done the math. I just don't have it on. Me. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Bruce, how long you been out? Oh man, uh, I've been out for eight years now. Eight years now. Eight years. And I got wow. Damn, yeah. I'm coming up. I'm coming up on eleven. I'm still on ten, but I'm coming up on eleven. So we got. We got 85 years inside and almost 20 out. That's crazy. Just between yeah. four of us. <laughs> That's a lot of somebody's life. No, you know and, what I mean? And I mean, yeah. I'm sure you guys were worse than me. When I got out, I had literally spent a third of my life inside when I got out. And I was like, man. But so kind of off script, but I do want to say this. Cause I want to know how you guys felt, even though it's a little different cause y'all were fighting for you, for your freedom a lot more than I was, but I'll never forget the day I got out. My parents came and picked me up in their little minivan and they were taking me across the Carquinas bridge, going back to the East Bay. And like, I started laughing and my mom was like, what the hell are you laughing at? And I was like, I swear to God right now, just right this second, I feel like it never happened. Like it felt like I, I hadn't been inside at all. Like I was just somewhere and I, they came and picked me up and it was like surreal. I mean, it went by pretty fast, but just for that couple of minutes on the freeway, just like experiencing freedom for the first time, it, it was just this weird feeling like, damn, like it never happened. Like all that time just gone. Like, how did you guys feel when you got out? Tag, <laughs> I'll go. Uh, it was real surreal to me too. Uh, I really didn't have nobody in the San Francisco area that I knew other than people who I previously uh, spent time with. Um, so it was really, I knew I was going somewhere where I actually absolutely knew it. No, I had no close friends or family. Um, and they gave me, they took me down to the train station, gave me their little $200 card. And said, here, use this. Waited until I got on the train and then sent me on my way after 35 years. And it was like, and I, I actually got out on a, on a, uh, a writ that I did because I challenged that they kept me beyond my time under the, the um, juvenile bill. And, uh, and the court ruled in my favor and said they kept me 16 months past my term. Wow. And uh, they plan on keeping me seven years past my term. And uh, so I actually won and, and it's like one day they told me, hey, you're leaving. And two days later, I'm on a train. And the, the most surreal part about it was I was happy. I mean, I don't give a take me to San Francisco. <laughs> Wherever this train goes, take me. And it didn't really matter. Um, but but then the, the conductor or whoever he is, the guy that takes the tickets, you know, comes up and uh, asked me for my ticket. And I handed him the card to pay for it. And he goes, well, you can't pay for a ticket on the train. He says, you don't have a ticket. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm getting violated. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> already, already getting ready to go back. <laughs> so I got off at the very next stop and uh, bought a ticket. It was like, oh, my God. So and and pretty much third of my $200 was gone and, uh, you know, a heartbeat. So I'm working with a lot less coming to town. But uh, and that's pretty much how it was for me. Coming to a city, I knew nobody, nothing. And um, 
and I'll probably never leave now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Moose? Man, I'm gonna tell you, it was one of the worst experience of my life. It's like, cause no, I'm serious. Like when ice come pick you up, it ain't fun. You on that plane for, I was on that plane for 18 hours up and down, up and down with shackles on, uh, you know, top and bottom shackles on. When I, they finally, you know, I, I waver my rights, right? Cause loud, they're not deporting loud. That's one of the things that scares me. Cause if they do, I'm out of here, but they just kicked me out in uh, Phoenix. They drove me up to Phoenix and kicked me out. I had to get back to Oakland, well, Berkeley, in two days with no money because you don't get gate money. It's like no ID, right? My family did everything they could to try to get me a bus ticket, and I was scared to death I was going to get violated before I was even free because I had to get all the way back from uh, from Phoenix, Arizona. I've never been to Phoenix. You know, it's like find my way back here, and then – the worst part was when I got back here, uh, my family uh, um, got me a hotel room in Berkeley, right? So I can go meet up with my parole officer. I was horrified. I have never been alone for damn near two decades, you know? And being in a hotel room by myself, I was horrified. Yeah, it was frightening. You know, I was listening to everything, like the door, like, you know, uh, you know uh, I was paranoid taking a shower. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. I More mean, than inside? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? It, I mean, it followed me. It came with me. <laughs> Had my shoes on. <laughs> you wear your boots in the shower, man. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's my wife, though. My wife is always like, if you're not at home, you got to wear shower shoes in the shower. And I'm like, man, I ain't in prison no more, man. <laughs> I do it. Like, damn it. You guys don't do that no more? I, I still do. <laughs> oh, I hear from my wife. I remember Johnny Boy, when, if he dropped his soap in the shower, it could be a brand new bar of soap. He would not pick that up. I'd be like, fool, my soap, I'll take it. <laughs> Scrub that down a little bit. Just I would never pick that up. <laughs> I'm taking I'm a, it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a germaphobe like that. It can be, I'm telling you, it can be brand new. I drop it. It's a wrap. It's over. Donation. Donation. <laughs> I'll take it. Donation. Damn shame. What about you, John? When you finally got out? Well, funny. When I first finally got out uh, through ICE, uh, like Moose State, ICE was already there waiting for me. Um, I, you guys remember Miss Rodriguez? She's working R and R. Yeah. Is she still there, Bruce? The glasses? Yeah. 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 <laughs> she was she there did. when I left. <laughs> She's like, uh, she goes, hey, Silas, um, you know ICE is coming to get you, right? You're not walking out free. I said, I know. I said, uh, I said, I'm glad. She's like, what do you mean you're glad? I said, at least I know I'm not in prison anymore. So, uh, I mean, I, I accepted that journey that, okay, I may not be in prison no more. I might be going to jail. But I know that once I get to this um, immigration jail, that I had that option to get out or, or choose to fight. Because I researched the whole immigration uh, process before I actually went. So I know that if I were, if I were to just waive my rights and go back, I, I could be out in three months. But of course, I didn't. I chose to fight. So they transferred me all the way. After two years, I was in, in Sacramento for two years. Out of nowhere, I mean, literally, they just woke us up, tell us we're leaving. 
they flew a bunch of us to um, Louisiana overnight. I was like, what the hell? And like we said, we're all shackled up. And yeah. then uh, I, I spent, I spent, but see, uh, Louisiana was, it was built more like a prison. It was open. It wasn't like a jail where they contract uh, with ICE. Mm-hmm. I spent three months there. Then they transferred me to the, uh, another immigration facility, which is a jail in Alabama. I spent, I spent, uh, all, all of all, I spent nine months. I spent about a year away from California. Like I said, I won my writ. They finally cut me loose. Um, they called, they were looking for me. They called and they found me. I got all my stuff. I went to the booking. And then <clears> on the elevator, once they opened, it said sales. I said, yeah. So I got good news. I got bad news. I was like, oh, man, what's up? They said, you're not going home tonight. I said, what, what you mean? They said, because the ankle monitoring office is already closed. But you'll be going home tomorrow at 9 in the morning. I said, all right. That was the longest night of my life. <laughs> the longest night of my life, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat. Man, just knowing that tomorrow I'm, I'll be out. And so the following day, they finally called me, man, I was, I was happy. I was happy as hell. The jail uh, captain actually drove me to Walmart to get a phone. And uh, he just, he, I mean, he literally just parked in the parking lot and just said, go ahead. I was like, captain, man, I ain't been out in 20 years. Well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> right? He said, he said, just go to the back and, and look for a phone. I said, just go in? He goes, yeah. I said, what about my, uh, my ATM card? And then he said, it's in the front. So then I tried to use the ATM card, ATM machine. I didn't know how to use it. I asked somebody to help me. They're like, what's wrong? Is the ATM machine broken? I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know how to use it. They're like looking at me like, is this even your card? I said, yeah, I just got out of immigration jail. I said, oh, you're one of them. I'm thinking, I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. <laughs> like, what do you mean you're one of them? So I cashed out, bought a phone. And thank you, Tito. You helped out too with my bus ticket. My wife, unlike uh, Moose, uh, I think times have changed. Uh, they were able to actually get me a ticket online. So she got me a ticket online. I didn't want to fly. I was scared to fly. I had a bad experience uh, <laughs> on the immigration. And I caught air. On air. Yeah, so it I, is. It's yeah. fucking cold, man. So I told my wife, I don't, I don't want to fly. I, I said, I'll take a Graham. So uh, from the time I got out and to my actual, um, my getting on the bus, the departure. I had like four hours to burn, so I'm walking around Alabama, not knowing anything about Alabama for one, and then being free, I'm just I'm just cruising. I'm chipping on, pushing the crosswalk button. <laughs> <laughs> the cars, the smell of smog. Yeah. I'm looking for I'm looking for lizards on the sidewalk to go chase, like we used to do back in the days. You know what I mean? And then, <laughs> and then when my bus finally came. Uh, it took it took us three days uh, to get back to California, but uh, we stopped over um, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, and then in New Mexico, we're right by the border. And then the the, the border patrol actually came on the bus asking for paperwork. And then I was like, oh, damn, here we go again. <laughs> uh, so they came. Yeah, the, they were they looking at you like, hey, Lisa, come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So they asked for a, a, a license. I didn't have no ID. Like Moose said, you don't, get no, you don't have an ID. I told him, I said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I just got out of the immigration. Here's my paperwork. I'm on echo monitor. Here's my paperwork on that. I'm supposed to report to my, uh, my deportation officer on Tuesday in San Francisco. Here's all my information. They look at me. They look at my picture. Like, 
Okay, um, okay, have a nice day. I was like, no, you have a nice day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm thinking they're gonna bring me back in because I had I, I had no documentation. But it was surreal though. It was surreal. I was able to see um the US on a basically uh, pretty much on a uh what do you call that? On a little tour uh, bus, yeah. sightseeing tour. Yeah. Sightseeing tour. So before I got deported. So I can at least say I've been to Texas, New Mexico. Arizona, now Philippines. <laughs> it's a damn shame you're a Filipino and you just now seen the Philippines. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Funky, what the hell, man? You muted. What's up, man? What's up? What's, What's up, up, man? man? So, so, so you got to get caught up, man. We need to hear, hear your name. What you got convicted of? How much time you actually did? Where you did your time? And uh, how do you smile while you chew food? We, we still want to learn that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's up, everybody? Uh, for folks that I haven't met, good to meet y'all. Uh, my name's I, my my real name. My full name is Nip, and my I, Nip Keyland. I go by Key. Sounds more American. Also, I've been using it since I was in like probably like sixth grade, right? Hmm. Um, so I'm a juvenile lifer. I was locked up at 17 years old. I was sent to 25, 25, 27 years to life for first degree murder. Um, did 23 years, got out. Uh, I got found suitable on my second hearing. The family actually, the parents was actually there and forgave me, man. So that was like, that was crazy. I mean, that was a roller coaster, bro. Uh, that whole hearing was right. Um, so five months, actually, they, they stretched me out. You know, the, so the board uh, found me suitable in my second hearing. They stretched me out for the holes. One, they, instead of 150, they stretched me out to 160. And then when 160 came, the exact day in 160, immigration came and picked my butt up and took me to ICE. Where I spent, like, man, five horrible months in ICE detention, man. I'm like, they took me on a three-day bus trip. They gave me... <laughs> Then, then I mean, like I mean, like super tight, like 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 buses. Like I'm like super cramped up against other people, and then they put us in a holding tank. I remember one, one, one on that three day trip, they put us in a holding tank for I think it was uh, about 18 hours. And out of those 18 hours, we were shackled for 14 hours, like just straight shackle. Yep. And I, I'm just like, and then it was it was like, it was like we were freezing. I'm Man, like, freezing is that what I just said? It's like. Man, hey, I didn't, I was scared to use the toilet because it was so disgusting. I mean, like, it, I mean, it was hella nasty. It stunk like urine and feces. It was, it was, horrible. it was bad, man. And then, um, I remember when I got to ICE detention, uh, Alanto, and then I started getting a lot of uh, uh, nosebleeds, right? And so I put in for medical. So instead of treating me, they shipped me off, they transferred me to uh, LA to uh. Orange County and locked me up in there. Man, those, those, they hella racist over there, man. I'm telling you, like, straight up racist. I mean, like, man, and they didn't give me a shower for three days. They talking about if I press that button, they're gonna come in and whoop me, right? Me and my celly, because they didn't wanna give us a shower. They wanna give us nothing. They didn't give us nothing. No torture, no nothing. Just threw us in the cell and said, you know, stay in there, right? And then, uh, then when it was finally, when the, my DPO came and saw me, she said, "Oh yeah, you get not you you know you're you're approved to get out." I said, "Okay, cool, but we're not gonna let you out there. We'll let you out tomorrow." I'm like, "You stupid!" I mean, I went, I went, I went, man, 
hey, I looked at the paperwork. I was granted, uh, they granted my 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 discharge from ICE a week ago, but she can't, they decided to keep me for another week. I'm like, and then that stupid broad because my brother had to fly all the way from Florida to come pick me up because he wanted to pick me up. She didn't tell him to the to the to the evening, the evening before I got out. Wow. And she already knew that I was getting out. And so she made my brother spend a hell of money for an overnight flight and the hotel room and a rental to come pick me up. <laughs> and then now see, they didn't just let me out from just a sec. Shut up, Jerry. <laughs> I ain't talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm Siri. <laughs> and so my brother picked me so they let me out from uh Orange Camp, uh Santa Ana and then I, my brother said hey man what you want to eat I said man I want some pho right <laughs> so and so we driving around we don't know nothing about Santa Ana right so we driving around I said what's that place right there it's a, it looked like a Vietnamese restaurant so we go in there I'm super juiced Looking hella raggedy too, like my hair. Like I, I had a little mini fro, because <laughs> cause you can't couldn't cut my hair in there. So, and then, uh, man, I tell you, that's the worst fu I ever had in my life. <laughs> 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 and they put the bowl down in front of me. I looked at I looked at the bowl. I looked at my brother, and then I looked at the waitress. And I looked at my bowl, like you know, like in prison, you look at the, like the food that's getting pushed out of the hole. You like. Look at the you look at the plate, you look at the guard, you look at the plate, you look at the hole, you're like, what the hell is this? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then so so man, it was horrible, but but man, I, I was like a dog in a window on the way drive to sack to go visit my grandmother. I was just like stuck, just like looking. Like I was just like, damn, this is crazy. I ain't gotta look behind no bars, right? And then uh they gave me a cell phone. I'm like, uh I'm looking at the phone. I'm looking at my brother like, man, I don't know how to use this. <laughs> how the hell do you turn this on? My P.O.'s calling me, right? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, shoot. I can't hang it up on her. Because <laughs> I didn't know. How, I didn't Because I put it too close. And I pressed it in my ear. actually pressed the, uh, the, 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 the shut off. And I can't, I can't disconnect. She's getting mad at me. <laughs> and finally, she, I was like, hey, I don't know how to use it. And my brother just put it on speaker. So I had to <laughs> <laughs> and so it was cool because she let me uh, stay overnight at my grandma's house instead of going straight to my transition house mm. stay at my grandma's house so it was yeah man I, it was so emotional to see my grandmother again right and also get to go in the room that I, I spent my childhood growing up in but man the next morning my back hurt because that bed was too soft yep <laughs> hey. I'm used yeah, to I'm used true. to that hard, yeah. yeah I'm used For to that hard mattress hard bed right. <laughs> Man, I, I got forgot about like, that. Like, yeah, that's that's real, man. I remember and my sinking into a bed. I, like, I didn't know what that was like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't need a pillow. Just give me a roll of toilet paper. I'm doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hey, so how how long total were you locked up, and then how long you been out now? So I was locked up 23. I've been out going on five years. And I discharged in less than three years on parole. Wow. On a, on a first. That's unheard of. Yeah, be, is, is, how did you do that? About five years? Huh? Is, I've been out about is five, about five years. years. Going out Man, about I still remember. Years. I still remember when you got found suitable. I, it's crazy. I was, still in, I was still in ice, I think. Yeah, I was still in ice. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Wow. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy. I didn't even put it for no early discharge. It just hit me up. 
he said, send me all your uh, financial report. I sent it in. He said, oh, two weeks later, he called me and said, hey, man, get off my case law. I'm like, what? Like, don't play with me, man. I'm like, don't play with me. He said, man, you need Who's your parole officer? Oh, listen, uh, um, Coco County uh, would uh, – yeah, It was Robinson, that. right? Robinson, yeah. That was my PO, too. Yeah. He just like, you're just, yeah. you're just charged. I'm like, what? I said, I ain't going to pass 50 miles until you get my paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what hey, I thought. Man, like, it took like, like a year to give me my discharge card. <laughs> I gave up. I was like, I don't even want that damn thing. Whatever, man. <laughs> They let Uso Ron, man, and, and that fool's case was way worse than mine. They kicked him <laughs> off out on 13 months, so I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get early. Man, they kept me the whole three years. They were like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And then, and then I got a new PO, and the new PO told me, he said, you know why you're still on parole? And I'm like, no, nah, man, could you please explain? And he goes, because you're easy caseload. I'm like, ain't that about a bitch? <laughs> oh, that's some bullshit. <laughs> But I wasn't tripping. Like, you don't know how many times they call me and I'd be like, hey, I'm in a meeting. They'd be like, okay, I'll catch you next month. I'd be like, all right, bye. I just keep doing my thing, man. I, I, in three years, I, I checked in maybe 18 times. Damn. Yeah, for real. Like, so I can't complain, you know, but still. All right. Anyway, let's jump into this. So we'll, we'll, we'll just start with Bruce on this one. So hey. talk about, talk about, uh, one of the things that always comes up that people are asking me about, I'm sure you guys too, but like, you know, how did you make it in there? Like, what was like, talk about something that was hard or something you had to adjust to, 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 to make it through, especially with that much time. Uh, I, I don't think there's any single <laughs> answer to that because uh, you know, the, um, the environment changed radically uh, depending on where you were or what era it was. Um, I went in there as kind of a solo performer, so to speak. And I think the adaptability of having the adaptability you learn through peer pressure and threat of death uh, <laughs> to join and, and be with whatever everybody else was doing, uh, kept you alive. You know what I mean? It kept you off a of radar, whether you agreed with it or not, whether you believed with it or not, uh, you were this small thing in a big cog, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and you could just get crushed and run over really quick. If you, you know, acted outside of that. I, I tell people sometimes I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I'll, I'll just give you the, the, the quick version. I tell people that my, my, it's a really good story, too. <laughs> but but I, I used to watch uh, Animal Planet, things like that, you know. And uh, there is a – my analogy is that when you see those, those – what they call the deers, the pronk, uh, in the in African savanna, and they show the lions stalking them in the high grass and stuff, you know, gazelles, right? Gazelles, yeah. And uh, – yeah, and then eventually one of the gazelles pops his head up, notices the lions, and they just pronk off in all directions, you know what I mean? And then lions go after him, boom. And uh, so the predators are on the chase. They're on the move. They're trying to get their prey. And that was prison to me. It was, it was like a lot of predators trying to, you know, sate their hunger or whatever it was. And they were looking for the weakest victims they could to do that. 
So you couldn't be that guy. You couldn't be the slow runner. You couldn't be the weakest one. You had to find some way. So my tactic was to be the baby gazelle. Because the baby gazelle can't outrun the lion. So it's taught instinctually, instinctively to blend into the grass. Just lay down and blend in the grass. And that's what I did to get through prison. I mean, I just froze. You know, I mean, I'm not the one you want to chase. <laughs> I'm not big enough. I'm not fast enough. You got a you got a better target right there. You know what I mean? And uh, and it and it, it got me out of a lot of weird situations, I believe. Uh, and it, and in the end, once they're sated, once they're happy, once they're laying down, you know, patting each other's bellies for what they did, you know, I could get up and move around. And they they sniffed me out. They knew I wasn't a lion. They knew I was a gazelle. But, you know, they were, they weren't hungry anymore. And it's a tactic that uh, sometimes I had to be the lion. Sometimes I had to act like the lion. And, uh, but uh, most of the time I was just the gazelle. <laughs> no, that's yeah. well put. Well put. No, I, I definitely get what you're saying. Moose? Yeah, you know, um, shit. Um, one thing was running. That was like my therapy. I would run like 10 miles a day, like every day, just run, you know, go out in that yard, just run in circles, you know, until, you know, like all my thoughts just disappear. But really, I mean, one of the big things that really helped me get out, I mean, just keep my insanity was just finding simple pleasures, you know, a deep fried burrito. You know, I'm serious, like a deep fried burrito. I'm still making that. I, I ain't lying. If you get, see me on Facebook, I'm still I making that shit. I see hot dogs, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty of hot dogs. <laughs> That's my, I mean, I'm hooked on hot dogs a little bit. I mean, it's like, you know, I really started playing D&D hard. You know, <laughs> just find like simple pleasures, man, just to get me like having some element of hope, like looking forward to something, you know? And because it's like, um, you know, before everybody got, got on, me and, um, um, Tito was talking about like when you got life, uh, you get infected with hopelessness, yeah, and that's something that you just don't lose. I still feel it, it's the same feeling, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, uh, like I said, I was like getting AIDS once you got it, you got it. And I did everything I could to fight off that hopeless, uh, hopelessness, you know, like looking for a TV show that was coming up, you know what I mean? Uh, watch, you know, like anything, you know, like what's coming up for dinner, just like. Uh, finding ways to anticipate something, you know, just uh, to have some measure of success in my life. You know, like, I got a hot dog today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I'm serious. It's like, you know, I mean, depression is real. But, you know, being tough guys, you know, a lot of people like, you know, me included, like, try to hide from that. Like, you know what? I don't feel good. You know what I mean? And I just had to do everything I can just, like, just, just make it to that next day. You know what I mean? It's like, just make it continue next day, next day, next day, next day. And um, and that was it. I mean, because it's like, because, man, there was too many times where I just felt like, fuck it. You know, I'm just done. You know, I, I, I just had to fuck it. Just, I'm just done. But then, you know, I, I do something that's just like, okay, I'm good. I'm good for right now. I just live in that moment, man. That was it. All right, all right, all right. Keith? For me, uh... I, I I numbed out, right? Uh, I remember, like, uh, they they told me, "Yo, you got life sentence." And I'm, my attorney said, "You get out 15 years." So I'm tell I'm telling people, like, I hit the four yard. They said, "Hey, how much time you got, youngster?" I was like, "I got life." 
well, I'm going home in 15 years. They all laughed at me, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, what? My attorney said I'll get out in 15 years. And they said, y'all say, your attorney lied to you. <laughs> you ain't getting out in no 15 years. I said, what? <laughs> like, what? I'm like 19 years old on the level four yard. I'm like, what? For Like, what do you mean? They said, yeah, bro. You only way you getting out is, a, is in an in a ambulance. <laughs> I said, what? Man. Like, and then, uh, man, like, part of me just like, 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 I don't know if like, I felt like my body just melted. Like everything just melted. Like I like, oh damn, like I'm dead. And so one thing like everyone, like Tito know, Johnny know, a few other folks know, like I got right into sports, basketball, track and field, whatever you name, any kind of sport, I'll, I'll be playing it, right? Handball, right? That was my hustle. Handball was my hustle. I used to hustle people on handball. <laughs> they see me like a little Asian kid hitting the ball on the wall, right? They say, oh yeah, look at this sucker right here. And then they say, hey, you want to bet some uh, camels? I like, yeah, I'll bet some camels. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and and then I'm walking home with like three cartons of cigarettes. <laughs> They're like, you just hustle me. I said, hey, man, I never said I was, ba- I was bad. <laughs> so like, for me, it, it mentally, emotionally, like I numbed out the whole process. Like, I, this is not my world. I'm not here, right? Like, I'm dreaming. I was in straight denial. Like for me, for I think like eighteen, I think like eighteen years, I was in straight denial. This is not happening. Yeah. I'm just dreaming. I'm just going through the process, right? I wake up one day. I wake up one day. Yeah. <laughs> fifteen years, right? Yeah. In fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. fifteen. Years. <laughs> You'll be out fifteen. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifteen. Yeah. Good. Straight denial, man. Straight denial. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> oh my god and then when i got to san quentin right i was like they got a baseball field here i'm like what the hell is this i like i see some women that's, that's when you became home. a fucking movie star fool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did it's crazy so i got to i hit san quentin and then uh and then it was a whole nother world i was like this is it, it freaked me out it tripped me out i'm like there's like Hello, because you know level four and level three, there's hardly any females, right? Mm-hmm. Especially even like even staff. I got to San Quentin, man. I saw so many females, like, and not even CEOs. I'm talking like volunteers, like hell, because they got an on-campus college program. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, what's what, like what's going on here, right? So, but San Quentin, when I my time in San Quentin actually woke me up to like to really like accept the you know the present to be you know to be present in what's going on around me. Because I was surrounded by a bunch of people, a bunch of lifers who who did like, man, almost 30 plus years. They took me under their wings and said, hey, youngster, this is the way to get home, to get out. Yep. And yep. there is hope to get out. And I'm like, man, well, you know, I'm, I'm still in my 20s. I'm like, man, whatever, man. Like, ain't nobody getting out. I'm like 26, mm-hmm. right? I ain't nobody getting out, bro. But like, man, y'all in denial. And man, year by year, they just start disappearing like, where the hell are all these lifers going? They all started going home. And then my hope came back. And reality sitting like, oh, shoot. Damn, I don't have to be in denial no more. And that's when I started taking a lot of those self-help programs and and mm-hmm. you know, being honest with myself and being honest with other people. That was like hella hard. But that, that for me, uh, started off in the beginning with straight fear and, and, and camouflage disguises and numbness. But later on, it became hope. What about you, John? 
got to unmute yourself. Unmute. <laughs> you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Man, with all the cell phones, you should be able to do this easy. There's only one, Pete. There's only one. All right, so. You're a pro at this, man. Uh, hold on, let me get my phone out of my, out of my beanie. <laughs> 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 all right. So, so like he said, like uh, like the majority of us, uh, I started my time in love before, except for Tito, lucky ass, right? You got override. So and I, yeah. I hit the four yard in high desert, and my sentence was 15 life plus one, so total 16 life. So um, talking to some of the people over there, I was talking to someone, uh, uh, one of the Samoan homies, right? He actually had seven to life, and he was already in for 19. I'm like, damn, if he were to put 19 years on a seven to life, I got a 16 to life, man, I'm never going home, right? <laughs> so like like he said, that, that sense of hopelessness, mm-hmm. and you know, you can't help it because look where, look where you're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people you surround, with, so you surround yourself with, uh, whether it's by choice or not, I mean, their their experience kind of push you in the direction where you think you're going to go in life. And since the majority of them were all shoe kickouts because it's a brand new prison at the time, my desert, mm-hmm. um, I was like, man, how much time you have? How much time you got? What's your sentence? Man, 30 years on, on, a, on, a, on a 18, 16 in life? Man, I'm, I'm thinking I'm never going to go home, right? So then, luckily, there was a lot of lockdowns in high desert where I was able to actually drop my points from a level four to three. I got to Solano level three. It was it was better, a little bit better, right? But I was just still I was still wasn't focused on trying to get out because, like you said, um, my, my I was just, no, I'll never get out. So then, like Tito, you guys know that you know, like he said, uh, the way I was able to find you know some some, some refuge and salvation or some peace and, and peace and tranquility was through sports. Well, I was a big I was a big fan of baseball already. And so, like you said, whatever whatever sports was out there, I was joining, I was playing, and you know, if you it's something that you enjoy too, you're not just doing it just to kill time. You actually, if you actually like playing sports, it makes it all the more better. And luckily for Solano, I mean, there's sports like yeah, in year round. I mean, even if it's raining, you got football. Yeah, you know, you got mud, you got mud football. bowls. So it was yep. all, mud bowl. Yeah, I missed those days too. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was it was good. So you uh, you were always busy doing something that you actually loved. So it made the time go by faster. Mm-hmm. But still, in my mind, I wasn't even trying to go home. I was thinking I was still wasn't gonna go home. And then as the years went by, I was being threatened to go to level two dorm living. Nobody wanted to go to dorm living at the mm-hmm. time. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Because the first thing, yeah, the first thing you think about, damn, there's no more privacy. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> no privacy, damn. How how am I gonna do what I'm gonna do? Right back then, you know, you you get smut books in the in the mail, huh? Right, Tito. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a lifetime subscription. <laughs> I'm kidding, but, anyway, but the, uh, the majority, you know, nobody want to go level two. There was no privacy, even though more people were going home in level two. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to go because you were more worried about the privacy than having a better yep. chance of getting out, which is crazy, but it's truth. I even purposely got a 115 because I didn't want to go to level two. Me too. But then yeah. in time, <laughs> purposely, and I worked in the center complex. I was a housing clerk. They're like, why are you doing yeah. this? And I, I, say, I was like, I came up with some lame excuse. Uh, but anyways, I eventually ended up going to level two. 
uh, still with the with the mindset that I'll never go home. And then talking to the people over there, right? And then there, a lot of them were actually found suitable. And like, man, how much time? Did you, how much you said they like fifteen to life? Like, wow. So I was like, what, what did you what did you do? And then he would tell me what he'd ask a lot. He he he'd ask a bunch of questions before he actually asked them actual actual questions. Is your case alcohol related, drug related? I said alcohol related. He said, well, you need to start going to AA. I said, okay, that's it. He goes, no, that's not it. What, you know, basically what were all the factors that, you know, allowed me to commit my crime. And then he started saying, take anger management, all these classes that actually will address whatever it was that supposedly allowed you to commit your crime. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, I'm going to speak for myself. A lot of you guys with self-help. In the beginning, I did it just to get out, to be honest. I did it for the chrono. I'm going to be real. Oh, yeah. I did it's it for thick. the chrono. Yeah. So I I did it initially to, to, to get out of the you know to get out of prison, but it's along the line you know no matter how how committed you are, they actually give you actual tools yeah. to actually be a better person. Now whether like I said whether you're a half ass in the, in the program or not. There's still tools that's really good tools if you choose to use them. So I eventually started, okay, you know what? Now I'm actually learning something here. But at the same time, I'm, I'm still a human. Of course, we want to get out of prison, yeah. right? And I was also telling myself, too, because somebody, also, somebody already told me. They said, once you start committing yourself to these self-help programs, you better not stop because yeah. it will show in the board. Yeah. Once you're in, you better be in for life. No pun intended. <laughs> right, because they'll see that they'll see that record. Okay, you start going all of a sudden. Why, why is there a why's there a little break? So I just kept on going, going. I I got more involved in self help, started facilitating. Uh, so then I was able to do that and play sports, get me sane, uh, having people. You know, a good you know it's good too having a good support network inside before you even get out. That's, what, that's what. Yeah, that's what keeps that motivation, that drive to get out. And then once you started seeing your friends go home, especially my crimey Bori, when we were bunkies, when he, when he went home, I was like, damn, and Tito, me and Tito were pretty close. Once you start seeing your close friends go home, and it gives you that drive, like, man, I need to get out too. And Tito, jackass, want to send me all these pictures while he's free, makes it even more <laughs> like, damn, I need to get out, for real. So, I mean, I mean, there's a lot. There's, level two, I think level two gave me more of a drive to go home and succeed and try to get that goal again out. Being around the people that were actually were doing the right things to get out and following their, you know, following their, their footsteps and actually seeing them get out gives you that, you know, a better hope of getting out and knowing that drive to do what you need to do. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, I'll never forget, Johnny, you actually told me this when we were sellies over on One Yard. Um, I don't know if you remembered or not, but. He told me this shit. This was right right before I went out and I got my life sentence overturned. Um, I don't even know how we even got on this topic, but you were like, "When there's two numbers you need to remember, five and seven. And I was like, what the hell are five and seven? He said, when you hit five years, it's going to feel like you just showed up again. You're going to feel like a new booty. You're going to be stressed the hell out. And I, I was at like four years, so I'm like, all right, well, I got a year before that happens. And then he's like, when you hit seven years, you're going to have to make a choice whether you want to just – hang with all these fools on the yard or if you want to do something different. 
And the funny thing is, is he was like already past those. And I looked at him like he was still a knucklehead kid. So I'm like, I don't know what the hell are you trying to tell me some fucking number seven. You passed seven years in full. You, you still glorifying your heydays and shit. So, but for me, the numbers were absolutely true because when I got back from court, I hit my five year mark and I was stressed the hell out. And then I went to the hole for that cell phone being one of the first motherfuckers with a phone. <laughs> so they wanted to keep me in there for six months. And then when I get out, they shot me level two because my points had dropped down in the hole. And I was still like trying to drink and do all kinds of stupid shit. But level two is easy. You know what I mean? And next thing I know, seven years hit. And yeah, like pretty much what Johnny was saying, like I stopped going to NAA and all that shit as a lifer because I saw so many people in there that were hypocrites that were getting high and yeah. drunk. And even as a lifer and I knew I had to go, I refused to go because I'm like, I won't be around them people. They're fake and I'm not going to be around them. But what did I do? I went and drank and did all the stupid shit too, right? But when I hit that seven year mark, I got my ass up in PIA. It felt like a real job. I, you know, like I was doing something that was productive. And then I, I started going to them self-help claps. And Johnny, you you remember, like, if someone was in there, like, making fun of someone or doing something, I'd be like, man, get the fuck away from me, man. Man, you better listen, man. These people come in here, they're volunteers, man. They don't have to do this shit. Like, you you wasting their time. Oh, man, you know how, no, nah, man, get the fuck away from me. Like, I, I never forget, Johnny, when you were laughing with uh, uh, Aaron and freaking uh, Bert about Johnny E getting denied when they're making jokes. And I was like, fool, you can go back there with them. And you're like, no, okay, I'll stay with you. <laughs> I was like, like, better not be laughing, man. That's another homie just got shot down, man. But it's true, man. I think you hit a really good point because people think about support being on the outside, but we need it on the inside too, because yeah. it's so easy. And kind of to Bruce's point too, like it's so easy to, want to run with the pack and next thing you know all you do yeah. is getting you never coming home right mm -hmm. or you, you coming home in a bad way right so nah I, this is why i like this idea of having multiple people in different discussions because it brings out stuff that a lot of people would never freaking realize you know watching lockup just seeing key play baseball and shit like that ain't gonna tell you <laughs> that's funny nice. i like to say well, something nice. about what john said about the, you know, that's kind of what I did too. It was like, I joined all that stuff because I saw people going home. Um, but it wasn't, I didn't really get committed to it, you know, full hearted, wholeheartedly until I started seeing people going home that I thought were coming back. Uh, I mean, that guy's getting out and I'm still here. Seriously. <laughs> I don't know what he, and, oh. and if he goes, and, and then, in a, and if, then when he does get out, we know he didn't change. We know he just did it for the Chronos. We know he just played the game. He's still that person. He hasn't made that truth, truthful change. And, and it's going to be like the old days, you know, what, one of them guys is going to do something and they're going to slam them doors again. And so my process was I need to get out now because yeah. these guys are getting out and I may never get out if, if something happens. So I committed and I, I went uh, the term balls out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, on everything, uh, every, and I'm a. I was a. I was practicing law in there. I was getting people out on my own. You know what I mean? So it was like, that. It, that was a. That was kind of like a, a truth changer for me. I knew I had to take it in, 
and, and become whatever it was they wanted. And then it actually did the same thing to me. It actually crept up on me. And I, I actually learned stuff from it and I became a whole nother person because of it. And, uh, and I had, you know, I faced a lot of demons that I had been hiding that I didn't yeah. know I even was hiding from. So I liked that. It was cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, hey, you know, Tito, can, can I touch yeah. about what Bruce said? It, yeah. It's true you said that because it, 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 it's, it's crazy. You said that because, like, when uh, when someone would be found suitable, right? And then uh, we know this is doing some bullshit behind closed doors or, you know, in the dark, whatever. And then you're like, damn, man, if he fucks up, he's going to fuck it up for everybody. Yeah. So yeah. Say that. If he fucks up, he's going to fuck it up for all the lifers. Yeah. Especially if he fucks up while he's already out. And we always, we always think in our mind that, man, he's going to make it harder for everybody else to go home. Right? Yeah. So then, but at the same time, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't no angel in, inside prison. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't no devil either, but, you know, I, I'm still human. Right? So, at the same time, um, it's just one of those things where, you know, you really have to think about, like, for example, when I got caught with a cell phone. Um, it, it brought me and my wife closer together inside. Yeah, that communication. But if I were to get caught, it would keep us separated even longer. So what was, which it was crazy because what was keeping us together would actually can actually keep us further apart. Yeah. But I, I took that risk and got caught, and then sure enough, about four years later, until uh, I was able to actually get out or well, make that seven because the nice. immigration. Yeah, it's just actually the the whole Willie Horton fear. You know what I mean? If you're familiar with that situation. Yeah. And you know, um, when I got out, it, it was like the gates just broke open, right? Because I remember the, the first person that got out, like I remember it was like Eric, he got out. And then um, Ronnie and then Tino. It was the magic bunk because I moved up on that bunk and I got out. <laughs> I mean, I, I swear. <laughs> it was, like, like, no, people were just leaving, right? And it's like, and next thing you know, I know it's like more people. I see Bruce come out, Bert, and it's like even they even let crazy ass D out. You know what I mean? D, it's like man, it's like him out. It's like, and he stay getting caught with phones. You know, it's like I was like, wow. They, it, and that's one thing that I was scared of. It's like, and I, I talked to a lot of people about this. Like, what we do out here now can affect the people that's still in there, and we can't forget about them, man. Because it's like, because there's a lot of faces in there that I know. Because I know people in there that didn't even do the crime. Yep. You yep. know, and, and they stuck in there with life. And I, I think it's fucked up. And I think, you know, we have a level of responsibility, I mean, to be upstanding. I mean, that's just is what it is. You know what I mean? It's like, because I tell people all the time, look, I went to prison when I was a kid. I was 17 years old. I had to grow up. I grew up in the worst place to grow up in, but I grew up. Yeah. I'm not the same person yeah. I was. <laughs> we got we gotta we gotta be responsible for them too i i'm involved in a lot of stuff still in the prison i went back i actually went into soledad uh wow. about a year i've been back three times but i went in uh about a year after i was out actually uh, matter of fact uh our guard uh saint somebody who was on the uh four yard he's a like a gym officer uh, St. Louis, you guys remember him? Yeah, uh, yeah. He was he was actually a sergeant there, and I went back in with Defy Ventures uh, as a as a. It was just like five of us that went in, and I got, got approval to go in and stuff. So, 
Uh, and if you guys know Defy, we, we go in and train entrepreneurship um, in prisons. And, uh, and I knew people that had been transferred there within the last year or two because of new laws and stuff, new regulations. And man, we had like a 200 man group, you know what I mean? When we first started. And, and then I've been back in twice more. It took my whole company, a whole tech company, 40 people from my company, not the whole company, but uh, took 40 people back in on the second trip. And then we did a business coaching and I watched them graduate. I got to watch them graduate. And uh, so it, we can still affect change from out here. And, oh, yeah. But they need to know that we're, we're here and, and, and have a no shame policy. You know what I mean? There's no shame. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't shame 100%. people. Mm-hmm. So... And I learned that from some of our best friends out here personally. I didn't even understand that concept uh, for quite some time. Yeah, no, uh, and I think I think the, that's all great. Like I, I have been back in and spoke in San Quentin a bunch of times, and I went and visited Johnny Boy as soon as I was uh, allowed to. That was surreal going back into Solano. That was a trip. <laughs> but nothing was a bigger trip than actually walking out on the yard in San Quentin. That and having people running up to me, hugging me and stuff. I was yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, this is a trip, right? Um, going and visiting Key and stuff. Like, it, it's just, it, it's weird, right? But at the same time, yeah, to your point, like, they see us coming in as free people, right? And knowing that we're doing something positive, like, uh, you know, just like Moose and everyone else saying, like, just to, to see that. And oh. if they're at that point where they're they're trying to get over that hump to, to do the things they mm-hmm. have to do to get out, they see yeah. us doing those things, that pushes them over that, that edge and, yeah. you know, makes them want to do better. Right. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm all about that to the extent that like, even out where uh, Johnny's uh, wife is at close by, I got a transitional house to this day, even though I'm in Indiana um, with some ex offenders, some former homeless people and stuff. And that was love, sweat and tears that, that I was able to put that together. But I did it because I was going into geo care and all I'd hear is a horror stories about how people are treated <laughs> and what they go through. And so I'm like, let me try and make my own little thing where people can just come and not have all these restrictions, but still have uh, some resources to get stuff done. So it's kind of Structure. running on its own now, which I don't like, but it's not like I can fly back and forth. So, Hey, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a house, right? So anyway, um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Bruce. Uh, yeah, Bruce. Uh, did you have to go? Did, were you were you forced to tra- um, parole to a transitional housing? Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. You know what? I wanted to say something about that. Um, you know, I I got to give it up to options, and um, you know, because I I couldn't go back to the county, and uh, they couldn't find the state wasn't trying to help me find transitional housing to go to. And option was the only one that accepted me. And I seriously, I seriously think we as formerly incarcerated lifers need to really think about and do something about that because it's one of the things that's going to help some of our comrades in there get out is some transitional housing. So, uh, man, thank you, Tito, for doing yeah. that. Well, but, but I'll tell you, man, and, and here's the thing, and, and Key, you probably know some of this, but like – there's a lot of the, the fellows. And when I say the fellows, I mean lifers that are out that are working in different places like options and other places, yeah. right. That have the inside track on stuff. And when I tried to partner with people and I'm like, look, I know you guys get the line on the grant money and stuff. Like I'll put up my credit and shit to go get a place. It like, I can't afford to fund it. Right. 
and yeah. people would see that as an opportunity for money and so they mm. keep it to themselves and i'm like fuck it i i invested probably and i'm not even exaggerating almost 30k literally money i just lost to get that house up and running right and to keep it running when i didn't have people and i wasn't getting money in from anywhere Mm-hmm. that's how to love man because i wish if i needed it someone was doing it for me right but i'm like these people literally mm-hmm. kept information and then never even used it themselves so to your point like that could have been a house or an apartment building or something right yeah and i'm just like that's where i think some of that prison mentality of the all for yourself and you know oh yeah don't, don't look out for people because they're gonna yeah. burn you i'm like come on man I, i'm the dude that i never forget when you most of y'all know Fatso, right? Hawaiian Fatso. Like, like he was the first letter I wrote offering a job and housing and stuff. And he got out. And I'll never forget, I was in a freaking executive meeting and then my phone kept ringing. I'm like, fuck, excuse me. And I walked outside. I'm like, hello. And I, and I hear, hey, hey, Tito. And I'm like, yeah, who's this? And he's like, hey, it's Fats. I just got out the gate. I had to call you. Thank you. Your letter got yeah. out. And I'm cool. like, holy shit. I'm like, congratulations. I'm in a meeting. I'll call you back. He's like, okay, my mom's here. I got to go back. <laughs> and I was just like, damn. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, and now he's doing freaking awesome. I don't know if you guys got him on Facebook, but he's freaking out his yeah. own shop and everything. Like he's living high on the hill, right? Well, but I'm like, that's how we need to be, right? Because I yeah. agree with you, bro. Like people need resources. Yeah. And here we are, been out here 8, 10, 12 years, like, like, I know I'm in Indiana now, but hell, I got pulled with Goodwill and stuff out in California. Like, you know, I, I still got resources, keys doing stuff to help people. You know, like, like that's how we got to be, man. Not to mention, and hell, I don't think none of y'all, um, but back when I used to have my big birthday parties, like I'd have like freaking 300 years worth of incarceration easy at my house, if not like five or 600 years. But those parties, it wasn't just about drinking and hanging out with the homies. Mm-hmm. That was an opportunity for people to say, man, I'm doing bad. For real, we can help, man. And you'd have fools leaving with six, $700 in their pocket because everyone chipped in to make sure that that individual was okay. You know what I yeah. mean? So we still need to do that stuff. And I know there's still the the stuff that goes on in San Francisco and stuff. I'm probably going to start flying out for those events. But uh, yeah. We're all, yeah, we do. We're, yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, you know about our second life project. Yep. Yep. Uh, and that, yep. I mean, it's, it started really slow. Uh, and it was really hard to get off the ground, but once after like nine months, I mean, uh, and Moose knows too, uh, but, uh, yep. after like nine months, it really, uh, amazing people bought us our second house. So we didn't have to lease it. Nice. They literally bought a house on hate street for us. Um, we were trying to set one up in Hawaii. Uh, the community out there wanted us to come out there and uh, they were going to take us on a boat and uh, talk to the community and try to start one in Hawaii. And we're current, but the COVID killed that. Uh, but, uh, and now we're currently working with uh, the legislators and organizations and restore just restorative justice uh, groups in uh, Portland, Maine. And we got nice. this uh, basically a nine bedroom mansion, freaking mansion over there that we're trying to, uh, we, did a pro forma on and we're trying to purchase right now with investors awesome. and, uh, and cause they don't have transitional programs over there in that yeah. state. So, I mean, we're trying to spread it out. We're trying and we, and we just, you know, what Yimby is the Yimby thing. No. Uh, 
there's this group of kind of like I, my my description is there a bunch of privileged people that it's not in my backyard they created this organization that we don't want uh homeless people we don't want a pre, uh ex-cons we don't want uh people you know anything like that and uh but another organization came up called yimby but yes in my backyard so it's <laughs> oh. an organization where we it's a national organization where we challenge that you know what i mean so we just had a meeting like two days ago and uh or was that yesterday god it was like a two-hour meeting in all these different groups even uh What's the guy with the parole officer's name here? Uh, the head guy, Figueroa? Fig? Even he was on the link with us. And it was all about trying to create housing for people like this. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and, and, and connect all these different guys. That, and many of us are working in those agencies and, uh, and doing amazing work. And we got a lot of connections, especially like with David Bazil. Uh, oh, with, that's uh, my point. Yeah, community <laughs> housing partnership and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we got some connections, man. Yeah. And we should, rather than, you know, doing everything on our own and trying to take credit for what little things we can do, we should be really networking and we could make change. We could. Definitely. And, and, and that's also stuff like California is harder because, don't get me wrong, after being in Houston for two and a half years and now up here in Indiana, it's like, shh. <laughs> so much cheaper yeah. to do stuff, right? But at the same yeah, time, right? yes. Yeah, yeah. huge right buy a sandwich right you know what i mean it, but, Hot dog. but it's like it's like uh, i've even been talking with my wife and i know it's out here but uh, you know guys get off parole and stuff it's still another option like i'm like i'm looking at like let's buy land and then later yep. you can build on it right even yep. buy containers and turn them into housing and yep. stuff right yeah. just to give people the opportunity to to live cheap right and mm -hmm. save money because I'm sure not a lot of us getting out saved money, right? Like, yeah. like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not at eight cents an hour, right? Yeah, no, yeah. But, but, but you know, like, I'm, I'm like about to be 48, and I actually had a good amount of money, but doing all these moves and stuff and having to invest money to get new roles, like the role I got now out here, it costs me money to take this job, you know, and it, it yeah. sucks because I look at my bank account, I'm like, damn, I had a a lot of zeros. No, I don't. Right. But I also know a lot of people that have been out about the same amount of time as me and they're, they're living paycheck to paycheck. Right. Yeah. Because we're always trying to have the, the newest phone and a new car and some nice Jordans and stuff instead of saving money and investing money and stuff. So I, I think there's so much, um, so much that, that we can do for ourselves, but also to help educate our brothers and sisters getting out as far as, you know, financial stability and everything. Right. And then, um, I, like my, my next thing that I want to do that I, I'm kind of scared to, cause it's like one of those one shot wonders, but, uh -oh. sorry, I'm, I'm at work. Yeah. The internet sucks. I came out here and then I realized my laptop doesn't have the, the hard line jack. Oh, the ethernet. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, and the Wi-Fi here sucks, but I got my kid running around at home, so I had to come here. But anyway, no, but but you know, the the we don't have people that, that are out there really being financially smart with what they're doing, right? And then on the flip side, it's it's uh um like there's money out there and we always hear about it like, ooh, as an ex felon, as someone on parole, you can get this and you can get that and blah blah blah, and people 
come up with those, uh, oh, you can get on SSI, but they don't tell you that then you don't have money when you're older and you actually need the shit, you know? So it's like yeah. so much bullshit that goes on out there. And, you know, like I, I talk to fools all the time when I see them like, oh, look, I got these new rims on my car. I'm like, bro, do you, do you have money in the bank? Is this all on credit? Like what? <laughs> like, I love seeing the pictures of you going out and eating $80 steaks and shit, but do, do you got $80 in the bank too, bro? Like calm yeah. that shit down. Like I make good money. I go, I went to Walmart today and bought the steaks that were on sale because you got to eat them today. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't feel bad. You know what For I mean? Real. Yeah. <laughs> I still shop at the Dollar Tree. For real? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I, I miss all that. I miss the 99 cent store, man. You know? like, hey, let me say something about the Dollar Tree, though, man. <laughs> I, I mean, when I got out of prison, Eric took me to the Dollar Tree, and I was enraged because everything that was in there, they charged us in prison like three yeah. times as much. Yeah. yeah. M times. Hey, I'll never forget, right? Because one of the things when I would go out to visiting, you get them stupid little, them little pies, and they yeah. were like two fifty, and then yeah. you go to the Dollar Tree, and they're in there for a dollar. I was like, <laughs> man, <Yeah. laughs> I'm like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, 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 hey, 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 remember the the food sale? I seen the cheesecake that they oh, yeah. were killing us on. Oh, like, yeah, the $15 cheesecake? Uh, <laughs> $25, remember? $25. Book of the chicken for like 40 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, man. Yeah. So hey, I don't man. know where that money went. It went to the general fund. General fund. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tito, you said something else really, I, 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 before you, you know, after you, you know, disconnected. I thought it was really important. It's like land. Yeah, right. Yeah. Buying up land is so crucial for for people, for our people to take back ownership. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And like even I think the other like I get goosebumps just thinking about. It. I think one of the most thing important thing that we could do right, and even like hit hit other organization up is how can we buy RVs, yeah, containers, yeah, because converting containers to houses. Taking RV for temporary housing for folks who will, who don't have nowhere to go. Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh wait wait wait. RVs or shipping containers? Both. Oh. Both. Okay. Both. RVs. Look, yeah. I'm gonna tell you this, right? When I got out, the only person that would rent to me, his name is Wilford. It's like, and I lived in an RV because there was the only guy that would rent to me. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's not bad. I know. And he make. No, I'm saying he makes a make it a business of buying RVs and open up RV park. It yep. doesn't take a lot of the land, right? Yep. And if you maintain it, it could last a long time. And it's yep. dirt cheap. I, I swear one was going for like five grand. Yeah, but but like to Key's point, like if, if you bought up a good amount of land and as long as you got some water and some electricity, yep. you could yep. probably find some people that would even donate RVs and you just yep. that's what I'm saying. They're dirt on, cheap. Man. The, the majority yep. guys getting out, they've done worked in metal fab or something. They got yep. some skills, they could fix the shit yep. up. Like but, Key over here. But honestly, Key's still rebuilding bikes and shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Honestly, I think we got enough talent to actually build structures like double oh, yeah. wides. Oh, yeah. You know easy. what I mean? So, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, that, I, I think we can we can make that happen. We just, we just need the land. And that's the and, most important part, especially and, out here in the and Bay. And the whole thing is, is you can have people come on, stay for free once they get on their feet. They can start contributing, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, you know, 
the, the whole thing is, is when you do stuff like that, it's almost like a fraternity, right? Because yeah. like you go to school and you're in a fraternity later on when you're successful, you start putting money back in the fraternity for the next brothers that are coming through. Yeah. Right? That's how same thing. That's how we're yeah. developing our stuff here right now. We're going under what they call a community land trust. We're okay. trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, we're working it out right now with our people and how it's all going to go down. But And that's a, our, the second house we got, template. That's what it's based on. It's and it, eventually it's going to be where the people that move in and pay the rent are gaining equity in the home. So I'm saying, and, and so that, and they can't, they can sell back. They can, they can leave and, and they can sell their equity back to the house and the general uh, group of people, the community, but only to them. They can't sell nice. it outside or anything. Yep, that's good. And, and that way it gives them, it gives them purchase in, in, uh, in the community and gives them purchase in equity in the house. And, uh, and, and ownership, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the same thing can be done with land. I mean, that's what, it, that's what a land trust is basically. Uh, and it's all new. It's all just being structured right now, but it, it's a real thing. So if we can actually find some land in the Bay Area yeah. to do something like that, that would be amazing. So uh, look, my, my wife's a realtor. She could find stuff. It's just, where can we get the capital? And that's what Tito was talking about, like, some of these brothers doing the shady things when it's coming to that the funding, you know what I mean? If we can get the capital, we could find the land. You yeah, know what I mean? And, and, and it's even finding someone who knows how to write grants and stuff yeah. so oh. that you can actually just be ready when something comes through. We know, I, we know lots of those people. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, I know lots of those people. <laughs> but, yeah. but, and you, know what, you know what's good about it? You know what's good about it too? Because look, um, a lot of us went to PIA. A lot of us took a lot of um, vocational trades in prison, right? Yeah. And uh, maybe maybe not all of us, but there was uh, I say the majority of us when we did actually take a trade, we were, we actually took pride in the trade, right? Mm-hmm. And then so then yeah. coming out coming out of prison, I mean, if you if you're one of the people who were actually who actually took pride in what you did, um, who wouldn't want to showcase what what they learned in prison, right? Man. Because exactly, I that. From, <laughs> yeah, from from mason, from masonry to electricians, yeah. landscapers, carpenters. I mean, who wouldn't want to showcase what they learn and, and be proud knowing that, man, I learned this. Look what I just built or look what I contributed. You know what I mean? Yeah. We can have people step up and, you know, and take care of uh, whatever you need to take care of when it comes to, like, trying to secure that land and, and, and trying to put up a new structure or something. I mean, there's a lot of resources out there. A lot of it are people like us who's maybe, you know, who's, who's willing to, to show show what they learn. Like, I wanted to do make I wanted to make eyeglasses because I did that for – uh, 11, 12 years, but then I never really had the opportunity because I got deported. But man, if I, I, I would love to showcase what I actually learned in prison and be proud of, and be proud of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. definitely. No, I think that it's a great conversation, man, and it's something that that would definitely be beneficial to a lot of people. And not to mention to have a a kind of Australia community of freaking ex cons and showing that. <laughs> can do good you know what i mean um it speaks volumes because too many people like you know to to john's point like i wanted to do glasses when i got out too and i'll never forget like getting shot down shot down shot down shot down shot down until a doctor finally called me back after a great phone interview and i was telling her i knew how to run all her machines and all this stuff she was like one of the doctors in the office looked you up and we don't want a convicted murderer working here and i was like damn does it show that got overturned? Well, yeah, but you were convicted of murder, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I was. 
And, but I needed to hear that so I could say, you know what, I'm gonna just take whatever I can get, right? Cause I was really holding out, but it sucked. Cause yeah, I had a, a good vocational skill and no one was gonna let me use it. Not to mention I got out right at the recession. So kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people were getting laid off anyway. So I didn't feel too bad, but yeah, I mean, there, there's the, the whole stigma, you know, uh, of the check in the box that I'm an ex-felon and then they say, oh, well, you don't have to check the box. Yeah, well, all you got to do is look at my work history and yeah. it's easy to say, hey. When it keeps saying state of California. Right. Yeah. When, when, when you go, well, what did you do before? And you're like, uh, and then if you lie, you can get termed for lying. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like, come on, that's a loaded gun question, man. No pun intended, but. Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing about it is like, um, like my wife, she was talking about like, I'm proud of you for doing this because I, when we talk about stigma, right? Like, I swear I've been in the closet, you know what I mean? <laughs> like in deep in the closet, got, you know, just hiding out, like hoping that nobody ever finds out because I'm going to lose everything I have. And these are real fears, man. And the thing is, we have to promote an environment and a situation where that won't matter, you know? And if we don't create jobs, Nobody's going to do it for us. Yep. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, me and some of the guys we was talking about, it's like, why don't we create a temp agency? We have an unlimited supply of people coming out of geo that needs a job. You know, uh, housing. Why aren't we creating housing so they don't have to go to geo? Or what's that other one um, in, in Oakland? Huh? Oh, oh, Dream Center? Yeah, Dream. I don't know. It's like Vogue or some Vogue oh, does. Oh. Volunteers of America, VOA. Volunteers of America, VOA. Yeah. yeah. See, the thing is, we don't need that because we know it doesn't help our people. No, because it's, they get money off every head. Yeah. Right? They're just crazy. making money, but they're not contributing to the person. Nope. And if we don't do it, nobody else will because all they want to see is the money. Like Tito says, everybody trying to be stingy tight with the, the grant money. You yep. know what a little bit of grant money can do for us if we because we know where it needs to go. Yep. And the reality is this, this is the sad thing, man, that when that, when that money rolls out, like California, when I was opening Granny's house, the transitional house, there was uh, like, I want to say $2 million that they had, but like all these other agencies were like literally waiting, waiting, waiting. So I submitted my proposal and they were like, man, we already gave all the money away. I'm like, damn, it, it just opened up today. Like, how'd you, right? And then yep. literally one of the agencies that got the money was calling me trying to place the people in my house, <laughs> yeah. right? Didn't want to pay, right? And they were like, oh, and you got to give them three hot meals a day. You got to, and I'm like, no, it don't work that way. I know you got the money. You're on the freaking list. Pay me and I'll do that stuff. But you're not just going to dump your people here while you collect a check. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's crazy. But I, I want to touch on something you brought up, Moose, and, and I want to hear from you guys. What are you guys' thoughts? And I know we all know people and maybe some people on the call, right? But guys who get out and do their best to act like they were never incarcerated. I want to hear thoughts on that. Because I got some close homies, some ex-bunkies that they like, hey, they don't know. Hey, don't don't say nothing, right? So I don't know. Moose, you start. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, that's me. Like I said, I was in the closet hard, you know, because <laughs> – no, I'm serious because I've got too entwined with a whole bunch of people that can directly affect my life. 
adversely if they should ever find out. You know what I mean? Okay. And I don't want to live like that. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. yeah, for me, it, it was a lot about family. It's about shame, right? Like, my family, like, hey, don't let no, nobody know because it's going to make us look bad. But then I had to come to acceptance like, man, I'm a voice of other people. So I have to speak mm -hmm. up. I had to make this, I had to like, like rip down that curtain of shame that's, 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 that's killing our community. Because if we don't talk about this issue, you know, more people are going to get harmed. And so yeah. I came out of the closet. And that's why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be I the first time? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I do the work I do, even though my family don't agree with it. I do reentry services. Right. Yeah. I turned down a good union job for to do nonprofit work, right? My family like, what the hell's wrong with you, right? I like, I said, for one, they say, I said, I was one of those people that you, you know, that you say don't help. So the only reason you help me because I'm a family member. But what about uh -huh. them? They got family too, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. They, they still, they, they, some of them, you know, made made a bad choice. That'll make them the, the worst choice of their life, right? So like, just look at them like you looked at me, the way you treat me, and see that's how I look at them. The way that you looked at me, that's how I look at them. And so they, right. they accepted it. They don't like it, but they accepted it. Uh -huh. Bruce? Yeah, I know quite a few people that are like that, are like that, that are, uh, you know, they don't want, they act like they've never been in prison and it's, it's a defense mechanism and it's cool. I, I'm good with it. You know, I'm not, I'm not the guy who's going to out them. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I work with a lot of people. And, <laughs> And, uh, and I'm very vocal when, it, when I speak at, at, you know, all kinds of events and stuff. And, and I'm very vocal about my personal uh, thing. But I actually find myself the same way sometimes. Early on, man, if, if I was on a bus going to work or anywhere, go shopping, whatever it was, and, and I, you know, was cruising with somebody about a geo or somebody else I knew that been in, and they immediately – what do you call it code switching where they just yeah. they go into this language that you know and they talk about old stories about being in prison and i'm the whole time i'm looking around at everybody sitting around us and i'm like shut up shut <laughs> up why are you talking <laughs> now they all know you know what i mean so <laughs> so i get that um and it's still even i mean i'm in a neighborhood of uh, a very gentrified neighborhood as far as i'm concerned in hayes valley and we have this house here and, but all my neighbors and stuff really don't know, you know, we've been here a year and a half and they really don't know, but they like, you get these little questions from time to time. And it's like, I don't want to discuss it, you know, with them. Uh, I'll discuss anything, you know, but, but uh, if they really want to know, they're going to have to, you know, become friends, not just my neighbors. And, uh, yeah. you know, but I, I see him looking out the window when the occasional parole officer rolls up having time paperwork. <laughs> and I know they want to ask questions. <laughs> but so I, I mean, I get both sides. I get, you know, but I'm like, he, uh, I, I, I'm out. I'm trying to make change. I'm trying to help people. I get, I was, I connect with networks that can get people jobs, can get people housing. You can come right. here. I, we've, we've had people sent here from the parole office. We've had people sent here from the parole office. Uh, and we, you know, pretty much rescue guys that got kicked out on this recent law. A couple different guys. Uh, Eldridge is now part of our community. You know, he, he had 30 years in. They just kicked him out with no parole. You know what I mean? Yeah. You guys all know him. Yep. Red worked in the hobby shop. Yeah. And we just... Marvin much snatched him up, brought him out here, man, and 
put him up in our place, and now he's like one of the hottest new community members, and he loves it. I'm telling you. And they love him. It's amazing. So, I mean, uh, I want to impact people. I want to go talk. I want to have these meetings like this. I do have these meetings like this. And I want to help people any way I can because social change has to happen. And the best way for it to happen is from the people who have suffered through the, the, the ad adversity of that corrupt 100%. system. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. John, what you think? Yes. Uh, Initially, initially, uh, when I was in the, like, California, I mean, I, I went all out. I didn't care. Uh, key member, me, you, and Danny were thinking about going to speak at a college. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I was in the business. I was working. Uh, I spoke at my own high school. I spoke uh, through a connection from Anoop. I mean, I was, I, mean, I was all for it. I, I didn't care. I mean, my, that, the reason, the whole reason why I was out was because, I hate to say it like this, because I went to prison. No, it made me. It made me grow. If it weren't for prison and and learning what I learned, uh, being around good people, that strong support network inside it. I mean, there's for me, there was nothing for me to hide. But I wasn't just gonna be blatantly, hey guys, I just can't. I just came out of prison. You know what I mean? <laughs> you had to. You had. You had to be like like Bruce said. You had to be a, a, a friend, a close friend, or someone that I felt confident, confident enough for. You know what? Okay, uh, <clears throat> I need. I need. You, I need. I need to tell you something, but don't say nothing. But. I didn't have a problem with it. Now, I said initially in the Philippines, it's different though. I, I don't want to put it. I don't want to put it on blast that I was actually deported because there's too many questions. I, I don't. For one, uh, over here, um, my size is like I'm, I'm like bigger than a bunch of these uh, the people over here, right? They're skinny. They're real skinny, and they, and they see my tattoos, and once they find out. Oh, you were deported, and they find out why I was deported. It's gonna be like you know, I don't want to make it any harder. I mean, not that I don't, I don't care how how they look at me. I just it's just something that I don't. I feel like I'm not ready to share over here. But if you find mm -hmm. out, I don't care. It's just not yeah. some information that I, I would volunteer to. Yeah, even I my work. My work doesn't even know that I'm not. <laughs> I was I, actually in prison. Yeah, I think. Uh... I 100% get both sides. I, I guess where I take kind of personal offense is when, and, and I'll just use like the current state of our country right now, <laughs> and people, some people that are on whichever side of the, the aisle, you know, want to post certain things, and they'll, they'll do things that are pretty much directly against us. And I'll be like, the hell you doing bro and like oh you can't respond like that because my my work doesn't know and i'm like well stop posting stupid shit motherfucker because i'll keep saying <laughs> oh yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and and college you know, college is college yeah oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I was i was on vacation bro college. shut up yeah. man or or if they're if they're posting stuff like you know like acting hard and you know damn well you that's not you like cut that shit out bro like that's not you so that's where i kind of get up in arms and i've had a couple of times where like i posted visiting room pictures and anybody be like me johnny like two or three other people and i'll start tagging people and they'll be like don't tag me people don't know and i'm like <laughs> fuck but i know people to the extent that have gotten married and like the other family doesn't know and yeah. i'm like yeah i do Dude, like that's some way out shit yeah. You know, and yeah, how can you? My, my whole thing is, for... yeah, you know. So, 
but 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 my thing is kind of like if um and i'm about to go down a rabbit hole and probably get a bunch of unlikes and bad comments but um i love dave Chappelle, right i think he has some very intelligent comedy and like he he says something about transgenders where he says i back you up i support you 100 percent, but to what extent do i have to indulge in your personal beliefs right so if someone like if moose said i want you to call me a woman well just because you believe you're a woman do i have to believe you're a woman right but that's also where it comes that that's where i kind of feel like dude you're an ex-con you're doing well you could be promoting that we're okay people now yeah but you choose to hide which doesn't help us you know and and i'm like i when people ask me hey man if you could go back in time and change it all would you and i go if i could not take that life i would 100 percent change that but i would still go to prison and they're like, what? And I'm like, I was, the, my personality is the same, but the Tito here today is not the Tito that was 24 years yeah. old and got locked up, you know? And mm-hmm. it took seven years before I even started to think on the right track, you know? So yeah. I needed that time, right? Would I change the crime? Hell yes, 100%. But I wouldn't change anything else. And if none of that happened, I wouldn't have a beautiful daughter and wife, you know? So yeah. no, I wouldn't change, no. But at the same time, yeah, I don't go around like with a scarlet letter, like I'm an ex-convict. Come ask me about yeah, it. Like, yeah. No, nah, but <laughs> but yeah. So I I hear you guys. I hear you guys. I just I I like getting other people's input on that, just because you know sometimes I, I question should I feel that way. <laughs> so, now, yeah. hey, I just want to say it's everybody has their own process. You know what I mean? And and how you heal or how you adapt, just like it was inside. You're out here doing doing this again in another community, in a much different one, a more advanced one, and uh, and there's so many different opinions. And it's like everybody's trying to change the world, and every and nobody's together on how to do that. And so somebody coming out that that can be based on a lot of fear. I mean, that you know we went through anyway, but coming out into this society after 20, 30, 40 years, some guys, you know what I mean there's a fear thing there and, and however they choose to heal that, you know, uh, in, internally, be it that they uh, want to get out and speak about it or they want to internalize it and keep it a secret. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I'm good with that because, you know, like I said, I don't want to shame anybody for anything they do. So if that's their process and how they want to, how they have to get through to deal with what, what they, the PTSD they have, um, their interactions with, you know, the family members and stuff. If that's what you got to do to survive and be healthy, then, you know, more power to you. You know what I mean? I, I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know? Well said. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. True. That's true. I, I, you know, I want to say something about that. Like I said before, like, um, you know, I mean, like that shame is a part of our trauma, you know? Yes. And the problem we have right now in our society is that stigma. And mm-hmm. if we don't go about making it, a healthy environment for our people getting out, nobody's going to do it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But not it's like no, the leaders. Some, yeah. some people are just the soldiers. Yeah. Some people yeah. are administrative no, clerks. Yeah. You know yes. I mean, whatever it may be. <laughs> Very because, well uh, said. You're right there. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, you know, the, the state's not going to do it. No. We already seen their services. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, 
one of the biggest fears a lot of us getting out is having is losing that job. Yeah. You know, and that's what I was saying. It's like a felon needs to employ a felon. I mean, I, I told somebody, if I start a business, the first people I'm hiring is felon because I can count on them because so I know that he worked, he worked for eight cents an hour. I'm going to so, give a lot more than that. So, so I'm going <laughs> to tell you, one, one of my first cellies in county jail that I actually got on a fluke got in touch with right when I was getting ready to do the whole transitional house. And that house was like a freaking crack house. It was falling apart. And if he hadn't came back in my life right at that time doing construction, no way I would have got it open. Right. Mm -hmm. He's got his own painting business, his contractor's license, and he hires ex felons, homeless addicts and everything. Right. And he's a white dude, all sleeved up, prison gangs and stuff. He's been going over his tats with regular tats, trying to cover it up. <laughs> he wears turtlenecks so you can't see the stuff on his neck, you know. But he doesn't tell his customers. And this fool's pulling in like a million, two million, no bullshit, a year. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's paying 12 people and all, you know, so yeah. that's not what he's Gross. making. But he's doing good, right? But yeah, I told him I wanted him on so he could talk about that entrepreneurial mindset and giving back. And he's like, I don't want any of my customers to see. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, can I blur your face? Like, like cause I mean, the story is great, right? Like he literally took a, a talent and pushed, push, push, and, and he's doing it. Right. And, and I love that. Right. And, and I agree. It's like, I'm working for a nonprofit. He's working at a nonprofit. And, and FYI, y'all, I have a legitimate 501c3 nonprofit in California that I'm not using. So whenever y'all ready to try and do something, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. For real. <laughs> we'll, we'll chat later, bro. For real. I, I've, I've been paying the dues every year just to keep it open. It's Hope wow, PC. Um, uh, go to the Facebook page and everything. Like, I started trying to use it as a way to get in the money to, to basically fund the transitional house so I wouldn't have to charge any rent or anything. That's I what ended I'm, up moving to Texas. So, exactly yeah, most I'm definitely, bro. Do. I'll that's freaking make you the ED and you can start running it. Like, he <laughs> can help you. Like, for real, though. But if we could do that. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I'll put you guys up. And I shouldn't be saying all this on here because yeah, I'll yeah. edit it out for the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> where that transitional house is, that's my wife's grandfather's property. So mm. it's going to get willed to us later. And it's like a third of an acre mm. in Antioch. Oh, there wow. is plenty of room to build out whatever, right? So it's a huge opportunity. And what we've been looking at it for is to build some community property, something, try to get some grant money in and then maybe have some yeah. apartments to generate some rent so that it just pays for itself and it can be yeah. a legacy for the family, but we can also help some people. So put that all in right. all cool. here. You know, we could definitely talk about that more though, but um, all right. Nothing I wanted to ask you guys and we're running long, but I think it's good as long as you guys ain't got nowhere to go, but um, parallels. So yeah. Bruce, yeah. Uh, I worked a night shift here in the Philippines. We're in the opposite time. Yeah. Yeah. And I got it. I do have to leave by six. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So I'm going to ask one more question. We're going to do this speed round and then we'll wrap it up. All right. Cool. So okay. next, next question is going to be parallels. Things that damn near seem the same as they were in prison out here. <laughs> like some things that make friend. you go, damn, this shit is the same as in prison. Like damn near feel the same. Anyone? 
Uh, Politics in the office. What? Politics in the workplace. Yep. Yeah. 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 Waiting in line to eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Especially during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get in the store line now, man. It's like crazy. It's like being in prison. Oh, stand in outside the in Trader Joe's. <laughs> in the Philippines, if you go to the mall, you're going to get, you're gonna get uh, metal detector. You gonna, you're oh, going to get wow. a metal detector. Wow. Wow. For real. Hey, at least you don't have to strip That's naked small. like at PIA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But you know, like like some of the places I've been to, like they be set tripping, right? Yeah. Congregate, yeah. In certain area, yeah. right? I be seeing people like, damn, they all huddle, yeah. And I'm like, man, pri like prison politics, you know? <laughs> really? far. Right? So I know it's that out here too. It's some of it's still the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the same thing. People click up yep. a lot out here, like, and it and it's uh, you know that social ladder, man. Yep. It, it's it's a killer. It is. You yeah. know, it keeps people separated. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's where some people don't realize how sometimes we can adapt quickly because we're already used to it. Right. <laughs> but I also feel like the politics and what's going on in the in the country right now and even in the world, like a lot of this stuff, just like in prison, they separate us by our groups and everything and pit us against each other. Mm -hmm. I feel like it ain't no different out here. Yeah, like, you either got to be a Democrat or you got to be a Republican, and if you're on this side, you got to hate that side. And yeah, I'm like, people are like, "Oh, you're from California, you're a liberal," and I'm like, "I like guns, so <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm a liberal. I just can't have one." And yeah, <laughs> like I'm like, I don't believe in that. I love California because of the coast. Other than that, like I can't afford to live there no more. <laughs> no, yeah. I had I had some friends. I had some friends there ask me who I would vote for because they were like voting for the judges and stuff like a year ago, you know, and they're going through that, that uh, voting process. And they asked me, and they're young, they're a lot younger than me, you know what I mean? And they go, well, what do you think of this person? They're into this and they believe in this. Like, look, I did my time. You know what I mean? I'm just, just know that whatever boxes you check, this is the, this is the uh, generation that's going to determine what your grandchildren have to start thinking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we fucked up the world. Just uh, you know what I mean. Try not to do it for your grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> so make conscious decisions. You know what I mean? Well, Don't yeah, ask. My, my whole thing is anyone who thinks that the president doesn't work for someone else is a freak. Oh my god! Idiot. Nah. We, like, we already know better than that. <laughs> that's not even. That's it's not all even smoke and mirrors, man. Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> yeah, there's someone with deep pockets in the background. Believe that. Yeah. Man. All right, so the we're gonna visit, do the speed the round. I'm literally going to just like say two things, and then I just want to hear one or the other. This is, this is like one of them personality tests. All right. Mm. Yeah. So first one is, do what I got to do, or I got choices. Moose. I got choices. Key. I got choices. John. I got choices. Bruce. Forever choices. That's right. I, I figured we'd all be on the same page. <laughs> Education or experience? Experience. 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 Experience off the top. Yep. Experience equal to education. Yeah. <laughs> Probably <laughs> outweighs it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Education plus. <laughs> Religion or faith? Faith. Faith. 
Religious skills. Faith. Faith, yeah, most definitely. Prisons, schools. 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 <laughs> I don't want nobody to go through what I went through. I know, man. I'm going to have to go against everything you guys just said there and say schools. Just joking. All right. Subjective or objective? Oh, no. That was a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I got to be objective. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, cause I got to be that zero, you know, because I, I can't do something that's going to change. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I got to be objective. I'm objective. Yeah. Same here. Objective. Yeah. I'm going to say I, I lean towards objective, but sometimes I go with the gut too. So, yeah. All right. Emotions <laughs> or facts? Facts. Facts. Uh, I go with emotion. Okay. Facts, I can't trust my emotions. Facts come later. <laughs> middle. I'm not split in the middle. Yeah, it's right down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, 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 I'm split on emotions and facts. Yeah. I, I probably, facts are not really facts. It depends yeah, on who it is. Yeah, <laughs> facts, facts are what you know right now. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, I, true. I know I know how I'm feeling right now, and that's an emotion. <laughs> right. So I, I, I would say that's I usually go with facts, but I definitely know the facts could change yeah. later. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. You know. All right. <laughs> empathy or sympathy? Empathy. 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 Yeah. Hundred percent. Me too. All right. Never going back, or we'll go back for my family. Never going back. Never going back. <laughs> Can't never do it. Ever. I can't do nothing for uh, them inside. <laughs> I love my family, but I'm never going back. You know, we're gonna have to work that out. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> going back. you know, dude, the only thing I would say on that is it would be never going back, but it's also how heinous it is. And if it happens right in front of me where it's a reaction versus a if I get to think mm. about it, it's never going back. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I gotta deal with something right there, then yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, here's a good one. Trump or Biden? I, I can't support neither, man. <laughs> I can't do it. They're both assholes, man. Their record speaks for themselves. It's like, at this point, we're just fucked. I'm disappointed you add that question. You know what? I put yeah. it there because I've noticed a lot of the, the brothers that have been inside with us. There's some very hardcore one way or the others, right? Yeah. And and I'll be the first to say I don't like either one of them. I yeah. can't. Hey, nah. Yeah. No yeah. comment. Both fucktards, man. It's like uh, 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 I need a fifth on that one. Yeah, <laughs> all right, that's fine. No it's, comment. It's all, it's all good. It's I'm all in, good. I'm in the I'm in the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't vote, but I'm telling you who I would vote for, and it's either of them. <laughs> all right, all right. Power or respect? Uh, you could do a lot more respect yeah. than power. Yeah. Respect, yeah. respect first. Respect. respect. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, power could also cause fear too. So exactly. I don't want it. I, I don't want it. I but I give it. Yeah. 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 Well, and so respect can also equal power, though. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I'm assuming, I'm assuming you're going to use it in a in a positive yeah, way. Respect, of course. Yeah. Respect first, and then power yeah. later. Yeah. Most <laughs> definitely. It lasts longer. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, <laughs> prison. Best thing that ever happened to you or worst thing that ever happened to you? I mean, honestly, I got to say it's the best thing. It saved my life because the way I was headed, uh, I ended up dead or there'd be a lot more dead people. You know, that, that, that's just going to be the facts. Yeah, when I when, when I look at it, uh, uh, it's it was the worst thing that ever happened to me uh, at the time. But it ended up not being the best thing, but I'm with him. I probably would have been dead a long time ago. I say I say it was transformational. Yeah. yeah. Give me a moment of transformation. When it's I not an either or, yeah. 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 But it's what you if make. You you have... Right. That's true. If you would have asked me that 25 years ago, I would have said the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ask me that now, I'll say I, it's a, I welcome it because, like, uh, we, we, I'm sure we all agree, uh, it, it, it transformed us to who we are today. Yeah. That's what we're doing now, right? Yeah. Having this, um, this um, podcast um, yeah. conference. Yeah, definitely. I could have Mohawk. <laughs> it's not a Mohawk. <laughs> it's a Mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> like like some cupy dolls or something. No, seriously, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I mean, I couldn't get caught dead not trying to look the hardest, the best ever. Yeah. Now I can look like a damn fool and I don't care. You know? True. We do. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd say, yeah, I'm kind of on the same. If I had to pick one, I'd definitely say best thing that ever happened to me, but I, I definitely wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Um, yeah. Once again, I wouldn't know none of y'all. So, I mean, yeah. nothing else True. got that, right? <laughs> All right, so in wrapping up, final thoughts. Who wants to go first? Anything you want to say about this conversation? Anything you want to say for anyone that's listening? Anything at all? Moose. Yeah, you know what? It's like one of the things is, um, you know, it takes one to help one. And being that we was in there, we know what happened, and we know what happened when we got out. Um, I, I think it is a responsibility upon us to actually help those that haven't made it as far. Like, like you were saying, give them that nudge seeing us doing well and doing the right things, getting that nudge to want to do it. And because we all know about the chronos and it took something to make us do that. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, there's hope and there's hope. Cool. Keith? I say there's nobody, nobody better to make a change than somebody that's been through it, right? So, like, don't let, you know, don't let the people that never, you know, make decision, make decision that impacts people that's, that's being inf- impacted by it. And so the other thing I tell, like, for our folks that's coming home, never forget where you've been, you know, where yeah. you've been, who you met, right? Even though you don't out yourself with nobody, but never forget that. Because once you do, you get comfortable, you get complacent, and, you, and, you get, and uh, bad things happen when that, when that happens. Yeah. And so always good to remember where you've been and who you've been with. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. John? I agree with Key. Um, being in prison, you know, a it, you know, it, it took something negative to make us a, a more positive person. You know what I mean? Uh, don't forget about it. Keep that. Keep your 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 past of being in prison in, in the rearview mirror. But don't turn around. Don't make that U-turn. Don't flip that bitch. Keep going straight. You know what I mean? Because you know, um, like like you said, once you forget about that, you're gonna you're gonna get complacent. You know what happens when you get complacent? And it's also good too that we do this because, I mean, I'm assuming that the people in prison are watching this. Otherwise, if they get caught, they're going to be in prison longer, right? Yeah. <laughs> but family, family members of those who are still inside, they might be watching this, listening to this. 
and they might be a powerful message that they'll, they'll you know that they could share with their loved ones who's still inside. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so that might that might help them out and motivate them to keep on pushing and get out and join a conference one day. Yeah, yeah. Bruce. Yeah, I think uh, you know the long you know prisons were horrible. I mean, let's not let's not joke. I mean, yeah, make make light of it. There were some horrible people. I have to, I've had to step step over the bodies of some really good friends, you know, and and not able to assist them. You know what I mean? And and it was really hard at times, very very hard. But like you said, there's a it's a transformation process where you mature and you grow up and you say, you know, take uh, agency of your own life, you know, and and become a man. Is as weird as that word is nowadays. Uh, but but I always look at it like you know, if we I, I wrote something one time where, it, and it's about kind of prison when you when you climb up this cliff out of this hole, you know how you you know, how, how a couple different people would look at it. It's like, man, look how far, uh, uh, look, look, at, look how far down that was, or look at what I came from. And, and, and my, all, my suggestion to people who crawl out of that chasm is to look back down it and say, look how far you've come. You know what I mean? So that's, that's my advice to people. Mm-hmm. And, and remember it, but look how far you've come. <clears throat> yeah. And I, I mean, I'm going to wrap up and kind of just address you guys. Um, we're like the phoenixes, right? We we went through the fire. We went through it. You know, it changed us, made us come out stronger, better, smarter, faster. And, and we have nothing but opportunities ahead of us, right? And those opportunities aren't just for us and our families, but for the other brothers that are getting out and going through those same struggles, trials, and tribulations. Um, so I really appreciate y'all jumping on here and hopefully we can do it again. And even if it's not all of us, we can off and on get on um, and get our voice out there. Cause uh, like you guys said, like there's people that need to hear it. Right. And maybe yeah. some people that on a fluke, listen to the podcast cause they have nothing better to do in traffic. They might learn something and, and change the way they think like he was talking about and, and start looking at people a little bit differently and maybe hire someone that they wouldn't have hired before or offer someone an apartment or something that they wouldn't have done before. And we have a shit ton of power between us and we can, we can keep manifesting that into bigger and better things, not only for ourselves, but for the others coming out just like us. So I a hundred percent appreciate all your time and, and, and getting on here. I know everyone got stuff to do and time is the most valuable thing on the planet. So I appreciate it. Um, I love each and every one of you and it's good seeing y'all since I'm yeah, not around. Man. I can't see y'all in person, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, I know COVID's a bitch, you know, just keep, keep being protected and, you know. Hey, what's going on? So that was it. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, hopefully we'll get to do another one of those in the very near future. Um, go ahead and like, subscribe, drop some comments on what you'd like to hear, questions you'd like to ask, and I'll be sure to get those out. All right. Anyway, once again, I'd like to thank each and every one of the men that contributed to this podcast. I'd like to say thank you for listening and be safe, be blessed. And if no one else has told you, I believe in you. You add value, you're special, you're unique, you're loved.
be blessed. Love y'all. Bye.